Today on the Miniature Models Podcast, we're discussing the new Lionel 2024 Volume 1 catalog. We have some amazing guests and even more amazing products to discuss. All this and more, so get your ticket from the station, grab a seat, and make sure you don't miss the train. Board! Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 70 of the Miniature Models Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John Schwartz, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Matt R. and Matt Z. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Doing pretty good, man. I'm excited for this one. Always a good time to uh, talk about the catalog and got a lot of great guests to uh, talk about it with. Yep. Doing awesome, John. And yeah, like Matt said, we have a full boat tonight, uh, so this is going to be awesome. That's fantastic, guys. And uh, we're not alone tonight either, because even though our wonderful friend Johnny cannot be here this evening, uh, we have a guest host filling in for him. Sid from Sid's Trains, an old friend of the show. Sid, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good this evening. I'm excited to uh, talk with all of you about the the uh, the catalog and this is my first time ever being on a catalog show so i'm i'm really really excited as this is a very good catalog uh, and i'm excited to talk with all the, the lionel folks about it as well all right fantastic and we have some very special guests joining us this evening we have got ryan megan and Corey from lionel thank you all so much for being here tonight uh how we doing tonight folks it's great to be back and uh, looking forward to talking to everybody and getting your feedback on the catalog and um, answering some questions and helping to sell some trains. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. I agree with uh, Ryan and Megan. Really happy to be here and excited to talk about the product. We are so happy to have you folks with us here tonight. And to help us out as well, we've got some of our friends, uh, some more old friends from the podcast, Eric from Eric's Trains and Peachy from Peachy's Trains. Guys, thank you also for being here. Uh, how we doing? Doing great. Uh, really excited to delve into the new catalog. Thanks for having me on and uh, should be a fun night. Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, really excited to be here, be back on the podcast. And uh, this is my first uh, catalog show as well. So very, very excited. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we have got a great show lined up for you guys tonight. And without further ado, let's get into this beautiful catalog, a gorgeous cover we got there with the Polar Express Burke, no surprise there. And starting right off, we've got the uh, the already announced but very much anticipated Erie Triplex. Uh, let's let's hear a little bit about this. What do we got? Yeah, we had a, a great turnout already on these. Uh, of course, we announced these uh, a few months back in October, and we've taken orders. Uh, we've actually already sent our order into the factory. Um, so I know a few dealers have picked up a few extras. Uh, if you're on the fence about these or if you're just seeing them for the first time, make sure you get your, your calls into your favorite dealer and get one picked up. Uh, please feel free to go back and look at some of Lionel's earlier podcasts and uh, videos and, and so forth on these great locomotives. Uh, there's a whole lot of new features in here, including a really great wheel slip feature. And I don't want anybody to miss out. Because we announced and started orders on these and the uh, the ginormous uh, super set early, uh, we expect to have these uh, in your hands earlier this year as well. Uh, current ship date for the locomotives from the factory is the beginning of July, so I expect that you all have these uh, in your hands probably about the time the kids are going back to school. 
It's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited to see how they're going to turn out. Uh, is this going to be a trend uh, for later Vision Line releases where you're going to have like it pre-announced, or is this just a one-time thing? Uh, it's, it's, it seems to be a good trend. We've announced early for the past several years, but we hadn't taken the orders early. Uh, typically, we, we've been, I, I think, since the... Um, since the GG1, uh, if not the last round of big boys before last year's, uh, we started showing those off in October to start building the buzz. But uh, this year, we were far enough along in the project that we had pricing, we had the factory ready to go, everything was was kind of ready. And we said, well, why don't we just go ahead and put them up for sale and, um, and get things started and help balance the production schedule that much more for the upcoming year. So uh, that seemed to do quite well. And it's a, a good trend, and so I think we'll probably continue that down the road. Uh, there may be some more off-catalog announcements coming. We're always working well ahead, so gives you a reason to stay in touch with Lionel more than twice a year, and uh, maybe hopefully make some of these catalog shows less than two and a half, three hours long. <laughs> Sweet. I have. Um, I, I want to just kind of ask a question and, and sort of just maybe get some insight into. Uh maybe some of the design behind these models. This is the creme de la creme of, of Lionel products. This is the vision line. This is, and it's a triplex and it has all these new features, including the wheel slip, which is very, uh, very mechanical and it's very in depth. It doesn't just happen. You know, I, I'm uh, very interested in engineering and design. And so how long does it take to like pre um, announcement to, to develop a model like this? Um, obviously, um, there's been triplexes produced by other companies before, but I, I think some people kind of overlook how long it takes uh, and what it really takes in general to produce a model like this. Um, what is it? What does it take to get this model into production and in, to the point where you can announce it? Uh, it typically takes between one to two years on a vision engine prior to you seeing it. The discussions around this one started very shortly after we acquired the tooling from MTH. And that's been a few years, a few years now. Uh, we knew we knew we had this feature, and the feature for the wheel slip actually was in our heads a while longer than that. And we had some other locomotives in mind, but then when, with this acquisition, this seemed like a logical choice because the mechanics of it were going to work well for us, but the locomotives themselves also had a little bit of a history of wheel slippage in there. So it was the perfect uh, pairing of a feature with a, with some new tooling. And then from that point, it was taking what we had and completely re redesigning it because even though we did start off with some, some tooling that we purchased from MTH, we still invested uh, quite a, a chunk of money in this to, to rebuild it and make it work the way we would want it to build, uh, to, to function with not only the wheel slip, but the extra smoke features and uh, our legacy control and, and everything else. Plus a whole lot of new detail variations on here that uh, the original MTH tooling didn't provide. So, that was an, another year or so of phase. And now at this point, we've got some samples we've been testing. Uh, I was just in the engineering department earlier today, uh, looking at some of the new code that they're trying out on the wheel slip to get it to function in different ways. You'll be able to trigger it uh, with the train brake and the momentum key, but you'll also, as the fuel gets down to about a quarter full, it will, uh, it will be able to slip in motion without uh, disrupting the trains. So you'll be able to be rolling along and hit the boost button and the, uh, the wheels will start to slip underneath the tender. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Uh, they're making a lot of great progress with it. We're, we're certainly not 100% final yet, but uh, definitely in, heading in the right direction and in great shape for these to deliver 
uh, on time and, and an earlier pace this year than uh, people are used to. You know, with the some of the recent GS, uh, engines, like from the GSs and on back, it was a real scramble at the end of the year to try and get the Vision locomotives to deliver in December. Uh, and so we know these are the highlight uh, and the big big money spend for a lot of people all year. So anything we can do to try and get them in your hands a little bit earlier uh, is always a good idea. I, I just thought that would be cool to, to just touch on because as someone who's who's into design and is uh, acquiring background on engineering, um, it's it's easy for someone who's maybe not so knowledgeable to, to overlook uh, how, how much this really takes to to produce. And uh, you always hear, hear people asking maybe, um, can you make this model or can you make this or could you do this feature? And, um, you know. The sky is the limit, but I I always like looking at uh, what it really takes to produce a model. And I think in general, most people would find it very interesting. And, and anyone who listens to this will definitely get now the, um, will have a better understanding of what it really takes. Because like you said, it took several years just to get this to the point where it is now. And you're still uh, developing it down to the, the last minute when you put in your, your final information for the factory and then they produce the model. So. Uh, very good insight. All right, so moving along through the catalog now, we are on to the big talk of this catalog, the Berkshires, or the, uh, Sid, how do we say it properly? Berkshire? What was the correct No, Ber- Berkshire was, was correct. I was, I, I've, I, I've said Berkshire my whole life, but it's Berkshire. I, I've, I've been corrected by a few people. Um, oh, yes. But, uh, right. yes. <laughs> I just take the safe route. I just call them Burks. There you go. Yeah, me too. Me too. You can tell me I pronounced that wrong. (laughs) Smart way to do it. All right. Yes, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about these. Uh, Even the, um, I don't know if you saw uh, uh, the Alano guys, the uh, the Nickel Plate Historical Society uh, was even uh, touting how wonderful these new uh, offerings were today on Instagram. So uh, these are definitely getting some attention. You're offering some really cool stuff this time around. Well, that's awesome. That's great to hear. Um, and yeah, the, the Burks are always uh, a good seller for us and, and a favorite. And I don't think this was any huge surprise in the catalog. We've been hinting for a little while now that it was going to be the Polar 20th anniversary. And, you know, it's pretty obvious what what that means in terms of some of our product uh, choices. Uh, so I don't think anyone was too shocked to see Burks this time around. But we did try and uh, mix it up a little bit. We've got a few road names and detail configurations in here we haven't done before. Uh, we've got the uh, the nickel plate uh, in the the fantasy scheme, which we did so well with the CNO Chessie inspired Greenbrier uh, a year or so ago that uh, I wanted to offer something similar to that for the nickel plate with the blue and the um, you know the polished steel look, and I think that one turned out really sharp. And then, of course, we've also got a, a DTNI in there for in the catalog for the first time, and a uh, we haven't run the CNO front end on a on a Burke in a while, so uh, we're doing the twenty seven sixty five, which was the seven sixty five in the New River Gorge trips, uh, as it looked there, where they changed the front end around a little bit, and uh, that's really the most accurate way we could do it in the in the catalog because the other CNO Conos had different uh, sand dome arrangements and things like that. Uh, or they were the XPM uh, Burks, and they didn't get the uh, the drop headlight and everything else. So I uh, wanted to use that tooling a little bit and offer something different, and this was a, a cool way to come about that. Uh, you can see there the, the CNO and the DT&I look a little different than the catalog. Um, we 
pulled those from the, the drawings. The other images were taken from some past catalog art where we had a, a starting point on that. Uh, so we're always working right up to the last minute on catalog to get as much right as we can. Uh, there will be, there are some people have, I know have asked about the pilot details on the nickel plate uh, versions and they will have the correct nickel plate uh, flat, uh, flatter front pilot there. Um, they will also all have the Mars lights installed on these too. So uh, if you want to, We've done them in the past without the Mars lights. Uh, 765, I think, as of right now, has hers on it. Uh, they've been on and off of all of them over the years. Uh, this time we thought we'd run them with since uh, last time. I'm pretty sure we ran them without. Just trying to keep things, uh, you know, fresh and interesting, something different from each run uh, to, to make them unique. Absolutely. You, you knocked out a question right there. That yeah. was uh, that was definitely one of the ones that came up was that pilot detail. Um, can I say personally, one thing I love, um, and not just about the Burks, but one thing that you guys have been doing um, that shows your diligence with these models is that you're taking ideas like the CNO, um, you know, the, the nickel plate as the CNO. Uh, you're doing it with the Virginian as well and a lot of other your um, fantasy schemes. You're working them into this, uh, you know, this concept of like the what ifs. And um, obviously that was a real piece that existed, but like with the... Um, the triplex, you know, doing a one number above the uh, the regular Virginian number as a what if, and uh, you know, back like with the RFMP Pacific, you guys are doing as a fictional class member, like all that kind of stuff. That amount of research is really appreciated by people like me, and I'm sure I, I'm echoing sentiments from other fellow collectors here that we really appreciate when you guys uh, go to these kinds of uh, lengths to make sure a model is uh, accurate to what you have, you know, because I mean, obviously, you can't change you know, a gigantic heavy, uh, die cast tooling for one style of locomotive. So it's definitely appreciated when you guys, um, make things like that, that really make sense and are a, uh, a really good representation of what you're trying to do. So it's very cool to see. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it, it varies a little bit from engine to engine, but, uh, typically for our, our fantasy schemes, we do try and keep at least, you know, if not one foot in the door of reality, at least a, a big toe still in that, that pond. And, you know, it, it has to at least feel plausible, right? Uh, and I think that's, that's where it works. And then things like the, the triplex where, yes, the, the Virginian was the only other railroad to have one, but it was a very different looking machine. And uh, I know MTH did it with the, the Virginian number multiple times. Uh, we thought because they were so far enough different, this one wasn't really fooling anybody. And so a more likely approach was that this was a second one that they ordered, you know, to more like more along Erie specs. Uh, and we've done that a few times. The, the F-19 was a great example there where the RFMP had bought some CNO Pacifics used and they had some similar looking Pacifics to the F-19, but not really an F-19. And so we sort of, you know, fudged the number a little bit, but gave you a good looking RFMP uh, Pacific because they were some beautiful steam locomotives uh, that was in line with the tooling we had and not pretending to be something it wasn't yes indeed and that's the way to do it i love it um guys how are we feeling about these burks i mean i'm, I'm already seeing the uh, the fantasy one being uh, nicknamed the bluebird by a bunch of our <laughs> fellow collectors here what do you guys think about these i i love these uh i'm of course i'm gonna get the triple seven uh because that just looks so cool uh, i did have a question on it that someone asked me um and that is um you know, the last time uh, the 765 that I have has a um, interchangeable headlight where you've got the single light and then the dual uh, light configuration going on. And someone asked me if these are going to have that as well uh, or not. No, these are just going to come with the one one light attachment. Uh, 
we we did it the last time thinking that people would be able to swap them in and out if they liked and that turned into a bit of a customer service headache for us um so uh yeah i'll just leave it at that <laughs> so we thought we'd keep it simple this time and allow you to just have it with the mars light uh, if you wanted to be really adventurous, I'm sure there are some uh, part sources out there for single headlight perks, and you could roll your own. Uh, but uh, for, for our end, we're going to keep it simple for you, and this is what you get. And, you know, if, if it's really just not your cup of tea and you want to write the next time, I, I don't know when Burks are going to come back around again, but it's a Burke. It's going to come back around again. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I tend to try and do things the opposite way the next go around. So... Uh, the next round very likely would not have the the headlight on there. I've owned and still own several uh, Lionel uh, Legacy Burks. I've also owned some TMCC ones over the years. And while I personally am not going to be ordering any because I uh, there's just uh, nothing to I either own the model already or there's nothing really new for me. Burks in general are some of the most fantastic Legacy models I've ever uh, ran from Lionel. They are studs of models they're great platform um they really look good and they can kind of run on most layouts they're not really big and so um you, you can run them on some smaller curves but uh overall i love the burks and I, i've seen a few of the custom runs that i've uh, seen some shops doing that are very clever and uh, in my opinion some not so clever but the uh overall I'm, I'm very happy to see all this and as a cno fan it's really cool to see the the 2765 as it's as it was 765 just uh lettered and, and styled to to look like uh, one of the Sino uh Kanawas but uh overall I'm just happy to see him again and of course it's the return of the Polar Express which is something that's probably been nagging uh people for a very long time who love the who love the the movie and you know as uh the hobby seems to have kind of taken off over the past few years I think people are going to be very happy to see the return of both uh, the scale one and then just more uh, uh, semi-scale uh, options. Yeah, yeah, these are going to be really nice. I know, John, you, uh, we got a custom run. I mean, not really myself, but, you know, you got a custom run that you're working on. You want to touch on that? Yes, uh, very excited uh, about a custom run we're getting done. Well, Mr. Muffin, we're doing a... Um... He's getting a nickel, uh, nickel plate. Uh, what was it? Seven fifty nine uh, done up as the last Pocahontas locomotive when it was in Nofkin Western paint, pulling the uh, the last uh, eastbound run of number four in seventy one before Amtrak. So that's going to be a really cool custom to see. Hopefully, you know, customs are becoming some of the biggest collectibles that are uh, out there in the modern world. So uh, along with the fantasy stuff too. I mean, those things are they're still popular even you know years after they come out in the catalog. I mean, look at the uh, the pacemaker Mohawk. And that's still a uh, a super high, high, um, highly valued piece. So uh, we're looking to get to see some interesting stuff from people. There's been some other uh, requests done, I think, from uh, other people. And so it's gonna be cool to see what customs come out of this. A lot of, like you said, uh, Ryan, a lot of people have known that this is coming. I think they've had their their custom runs loaded up for a while in the chamber. So it's gonna be cool cool to see what comes out for sure. I do have uh, one little thing as kind of a question and oh, sort of a request as well is. With the whole new five whistle option, you, you you give the option for multiple whistles. And I know over the years, the the Burks have had some of the best whistles, I think, that have ever come out of, of Lionel Legacy, just audio. The 765 and 1225 have some really good uh, sounds. 
but is there a chance that we'll see a return of some some other whistles that have been used in Burks, uh, such as uh, I believe one of the R and P Burks you did had a very very deep uh, kind of three chime whistle, and then this was I think the first time Legacy Burks were ran. There was a C and O one that had this very good whistle that we've not heard since, and so I'm wondering if with the five whistle option there'll be a return of some of those other whistles. Um, and not just the uh, the more traditional 765 and, and 1225 options. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're always uh, looking to mix things up there in the sound department. We'll definitely use our sound recordings of 765 and 1225 for sure as, uh, as some of the options in these. But uh, if you have any suggestions like that, feel free to shoot us a note at talk to us at Lionel. Uh, if you don't have uh, our personal contacts and let us know if it helps a lot is you can give us like a skew number uh, so that we can go back and figure out what whistle that was. Uh, we probably still have it somewhere, but it might not be saved as what anybody thinks it is. So we just have to go and, and dig around and see what we can find, but uh, always open to suggestions. We've got some options to play with there. So why not? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to shoot an email to over and I, I, I assume other people probably have as well as the Burks are a very popular topic and things people really like to, you know, sound good and in general. But I believe uh, Matt Z, do you have a, a question? Yeah, I got a couple on the uh, I believe the rest of the questions here are just on the boiler front, uh, the smoke box color in particular. It's asking about uh, on the 1225 and the nickel plates um, if they're going to have black. And then the 1225, it's going to have a light gray is what they're asking about. Uh, yeah, the, on the nickel plates, it will be more of a, a darker color. Uh, you know, the, the, it varies so much on the uh, prototypes year over year. So, uh, you know, we can we have a little bit of leeway in that. Uh, we will do our best to try and sort of match what's on the, the locomotives now uh, from a graphite perspective. But uh, definitely darker than the, the, the gray that uh, everybody hated on the last round of perks. <laughs> Sweet. And then one more, and I don't know if you can speak to this at all, but the question's asking about passenger cars for the fantasy scheme one. Uh, yeah, definitely something uh, down the road. We have run some nickel plate passenger cars in the past, I think. Um, but um, it's about, we're about due to, to run some of those again. So uh, shouldn't be too long of a wait, but uh, and definitely, you know, the, the passenger cars inspired the uh, fantasy scheme, so uh, it'll be an easy one to do, you know, prototypical passenger cars to go with the fake engine. Sweet, or even bluebirds, that'd be cool mm -hmm. too. Yep, that's right. And now, speaking of the uh, gorgeous RFP whistle that you had in that uh, that RFP Burke, the H7s, which you're also blessing us with some beloved RFP in. But uh, man, we got some fun runs in this one. Tons of CNO variations we've never seen, color variants, and um, also some prototypical um, UP and other roads, too. So let's talk about the H7s. Yeah, this is a cool locomotive and one that we haven't done in probably about a decade or so now. Um, and so wanted to bring it back and change a few things up, you know, do some things we hadn't done before. Uh, and the CNO had a, uh, I won't say a long career with these because they actually didn't last too terribly long just because they were uh, uh, their size and their, their time of arrival. But um, 
over those years, they changed tenders a lot. Uh, and so we tried to model some of those different variations. Uh, and then they got sold off at a young age and uh, RF&P picked up uh, two or three uh, that they used in pot yard as hump engines. Uh, Union Pacific got a bunch. Uh, some got rebuilt and looked uh, more like a, a baby challenger in the end than uh, the CNO H7. But the Rio Grande is not, uh, it's based off an engine that's not a true H7, but uh, very similar lines. Uh, you don't have to squint too hard to, to see the Rio Grande in this locomotive. And so we put the, uh, the Y2 style tender with the doghouse on that. And I think it's a very, very respectable Rio Grande locomotive uh, for the guys out west who, who like some big power like this. Uh, real fun one to do. And, you know, between the F19s and this and, and Burke's, uh, been making the CNO guys feel the, the Pensy uh, fans fa uh, pain in the catalogs over the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was going to say, you've been giving us some insane CNO love lately with all the tender variations. My God, the F-19 had what it was like. It was like close to almost 10 different versions. I think you could buy. So it's, it's been fantastic. And you guys are doing this, not just with CNO, but overall, um, you know, as a trend with the different variations on locomotives now, you're giving us tons of different options. It's been, uh, it's really, really nice mm -hmm. to have as a collector. I mean, it gives you that, like, that extra collectability edge where you can get um, an engine that's very unique to you versus, say, you know, mid-2000s, you might get two different road numbers. Now you can get different tender combos and everything. It's fantastic. It's, it's really appreciated. What do we think, guys? I'm really excited about these. Uh, I've got my eye. I'm trying to decide between the RF and P and uh, the CNO 1553. Um, I like them both. <laughs> uh, really excited about these. Uh, uh, they just look super cool and excited to see how they sound. And how... Hey, I did have a question uh, real quick. Um, this is not, and this is not a H7 specific question. It's, it's, a, it's a whistle. Uh, when Sid was talking about the whistle, it, it made me think about it. But, uh, you know, on Strasburg 90, they've got that ghost whistle feature. And I think that's so cool. And I wanted to, ask if there's any plans to or maybe i missed it if there's any any plans to maybe roll the ghost whistle a feature out to future locomotives uh, maybe vision line or something like that it's a good idea uh we haven't really talked it out um the ghost whistle is sort of such a unique strasburg thing um but uh that ox3 key gives us sort of carte blanche to do almost anything we want so uh, certainly some unique whistle signals uh, could be a way or in, into there, uh, you know, make them blow jingle bells or shaving a haircut or who knows, <laughs> you know, we can, we can have some fun there uh, with that. So great idea. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> and now moving on to another one of my favorites. God, you guys put so much good stuff in this catalog. You're going to make me go broke. The, uh, the four six O's, the New York central uh, F 12 E's. Another great bunch of offerings. This is one of your best runs of these guys yet. We're getting some uh, different eras of these, all kinds of stuff. Bunch of different roads, lots of accuracy from what it looks like on the renders. Um, let's discuss. I mean, you're, you're right. One of our great smaller uh, legacy steam engines that packs a, a big punch and runs great on 031 curves, right? Um, so if you don't have room for an H7 or a triple X, uh, or even a Burke. Uh, here's a great engine that gives you all the same bells and whistles uh, in something a lot smaller. And I've always kind of liked smaller steam. I mean, in, I talk small steam. This is probably mid-sized, you know, uh, at, at best. But um, the four 
four six O's, the ten wheelers were so popular too in an earlier era. Um, you know, the the New York Central F twelves that we did are a late four six O. And so there are some really great paint schemes if you dial the clock back, you know, ten to twenty, thirty years on on four six O's and we took some inspiration from that and sort of a, a steam locomotive heritage unit is the way I sort of look at some of these, uh, particularly like the uh, New York Central and Hudson River variation or the B&O, uh, where the, the prototype inspiration for those came on an earlier, smaller locomotive. But uh, we dressed it up on the, the larger model, and I think it just looks good. Those, those paint schemes are, are such winners uh, and colorful engines always do well in the market. So. Uh, even things like the CNJ there uh, for your, your blue Comet trains and whatnot. Um, you know, just really nice locomotives that add a little something into the catalog. Absolutely. I'm definitely grabbing one of those 1244s for sure. But uh, yeah, oh, man, I love that earlier Hudson River variation. So nice. Uh, guys, what do we think? What uh, what topics and discussions and questions do we have on the, the 460s? They're, they're really nice. I um the New York Central is really cool, and uh, so is the Hudson River. It gives me Empire State vibes. Mm-hmm. But I um, uh, did have one, uh, well, technically two questions, but uh, one of them is on the uh, 460. They're asking about the blue, uh, and they're asking about the if they can use the color from the earlier TMCC and Legacy Pacifics uh, as well as the passenger cars. That color blue is a question. For the CNJ? Yes. Yeah, it should be a very, very close match to that. I don't, I think that's what we used as our reference on, on this blue. Uh, also the Camelback that we did maybe a year or two ago now in one of those recent runs where we did the CNJ Blue Comet Camelback. Uh, these should be a nice match with that. Sweet. And on the Royal Blue set, they're asking, um, in the catalog description mentions a station sounds diner, but uh, mm. it didn't say which one of the packs was that. So was that just a typo? I, I think that's one of those things that I didn't catch pulling out of there and might be a little bit of foreshadowing for something coming in the not too distant future. <laughs> oh. We'll take that for what a it leak. Is. <laughs> I'm really excited about yeah, these because uh, I, um, prior to the catalog coming out, you know, I, I had a lot of my viewers asking if I would do a, an Eric's trains custom steam locomotive. And I said, well, you know, if they've cataloged something that's 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 priced at the right price point, uh, you know, I, I think we'll do it. And so I was really happy to see the the four six zero, which is a reasonably priced steam locomotive that you know more people can afford. And so uh, we're going to be doing a custom run of these uh, with the uh, Appalachian and Western uh, paint scheme. So really excited about these. Yeah, that's a good yeah. looking unit you've got coming there, Eric. I'm excited to see that one. Should do real well for you. Yeah, I'm still waiting to get the design back from uh, from from you guys, mm-hmm. but uh, excited to see it. Yeah, I'm excited for these two. Of course, anything that uh, runs on a smaller curve is right up my alley. So I don't know if I'll get any of these because, of course, they're not <clears throat> my road names that I run, but I do really like them. And the New York Central has a beautiful paint scheme. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I love that one. Man, that's a pretty engine. God, if I just modeled earlier times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you see, like you said, Peachy, you see a ton of people, um, if they're not, you know, <clears throat> if they're not full-scale people who run on uh, smaller curves, they oftentimes own one of these locomotives because they're just so solid and reliable. So 
definitely looking forward to these. And we got the, I'm loving the Royal blue. Oh, that whole concept is so nice with the, uh, the early locomotive there. And the fact that y'all went to the trouble to tool up the vestibules on this, every piece of old of a uh, former MTH toy you guys are doing, you're improving in some way with these vestibules or like with the Russians getting all the road specific stuff. So the fact that you guys are doing this uh, for these coaches is really, really nice. Yeah, I, I love these coaches. I think they're some of the nicest things MTH uh, made. I was uh, the first thing on our list when we had the opportunity and um, yeah, the, the, the semi vestibule end is you know, a neat variation in the, the railroading, you know, the 1890s, 1900 timeframe. And, it wasn't uh, the most difficult thing for us to add. We were able to do it quite reasonably and you wouldn't think it makes a big difference, but we have a sample and we'll, we'll have it with us in Springfield uh, this coming week uh, and get some closer up pictures of it online. But when you see it in person, it really changes the look of these cars in a much bigger way than I expected it to. And in a very good way, um, it, it adds a nice bit of form formality and, and class to them and, in this Royal blue paint scheme, which is uh, spectacular. Um, I think it's going to be a real winner as well. As some of the other variations we have in the catalog, but uh, I'm excited for this one. I'm excited to do some more things in this line uh, with this tooling uh, and, and variations and, and trains and so forth. It's such a colorful era and uh, so many good things we can do with it that uh, I like the option there. And for the most part, the equipment tends to be friendlier on smaller, tighter curves than, uh, you know, your 1930s, 40s, 50s era steam and diesel and streamliners and 21 inch passenger cars and so forth. Uh, so it, it's small layout friendly as well. Yes, indeed. All right. Now on to another big, uh, big topic in the catalog, the Hiawathas. And I've seen, and I've seen uh, we, we've seen a lot of people talking about these, haven't we, guys? Yep. And I just want to say one thing that I'm pretty sure Ryan was tired of me complaining about there not being enough uh, streamlined steam engines in the catalogs over the last, like, whatever, two, three years. And every single catalog show, I'm like, Ryan, come on, where's where's the streamlined steam engines? And then he's like, I'm so tired of Matt that I'm just going to put a bunch of, bunch of them in here with some fantastic road names. So uh, well played, Ryan. Well played. Yep. This is, this is all for you, Matt, and I expect you to buy all of them. <laughs> absolutely stunning I with all you. the matching passenger cars to go along with it okay. there you go man there's a challenge but uh yep. he almost got me too he he gave me the cnw which is really close to the e4 but uh <laughs> yeah this is this is one of those cases where I mean, first of all we have not run this locomotive since tmcc days so it was way overdue um with the switch over to the abs 21 inch passenger cars and then do tooling there and the struggles that we had with aluminum passenger cars towards the end of the production. Uh, there were some lingering doubts in my mind over whether or not we could, we could do these cars to go with it. And that's part of the reason I held back on the locomotives for a few more years than I normally would have, but I wanted to make sure, you know, offering these engines without anything to, for them to pull, they were doomed. Uh, so talking with our, our factory, you know, we said, yeah, we, we can get a run on these aluminums. We think we can make it happen. Of course, these are painted cars, so it makes things a little easier because we don't have to polish the, the shells as much uh, or worry about runs in the 
in the aluminum things. That'll all be covered up in the paint. But uh, having the ability to bring back the 18-inch aluminum cars, which is something people have also been sort of hungry for, with these locomotives that hadn't been done in a long time was a, a great opportunity. And you know, the, the, the Class A Atlantics are a very unique locomotive. Um, but that sort of style of streamliner, when you look at what the CNW had, when you look at what the Seaboard had, um, the lines are there at least. And so I thought they made some decent uh, candidates for some heritage units in some streamlined locomotives that uh, we haven't done. And uh, I'm not going to say we wouldn't do, uh, but uh, certainly outside of doing them as a brass hybrid, their, their, their chances would be uh, you know, few and far between. So a uh, cool opportunity to bring in some other similar locomotives uh, from other railroads and some other paint schemes on the cars and, and have a little bit of fun with this. Yeah, definitely. Before we jump into some questions on the pasture cars here, I just got to say, <clears throat> first of all, I think you guys have shown more love to Seaboard Steam in the past two catalogs <laughs> than I think has ever been done in the history of O-Scale before, um, ever. So kudos to that. Um, but yeah, man, that Lionel, that locomotive of the year, I, I that's the best one you guys have ever done. Like that is, I've like, I never buy engines like that. Like I thought about that. That is such a cool scheme on that locomotive. Yeah, this, oh, yeah, I agree. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so this body style just lends itself well to stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So gorgeous. Uh, Sid, I think you had some questions for us on those passenger cars. Well, I'll let Eric go. I think he, he had a question. Oh, yes, please, Eric, please. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just I'm just over the moon about this. I mean, I'm, I'm so – I did a video about a month or two ago about the top engines I think Lionel should bring back. And the number one was uh, the Hiawatha. And then so when I saw this, I was just so ecstatic about it and, and so happy. And, and when I did the video, I said, I don't know how they're going to do I don't know what they're going to do because I don't know if they can bring back the aluminum cars. And lo and behold, there's the aluminum cars. So uh, just so stoked about it. Definitely getting one of these. I'm getting the Hiawatha set, and I'm really thinking about that locomotive of the year because that just looks so sharp. So, yeah, couldn't be happier about this. Hey, uh, Eric. So let me know what else you want to get made, and I'll just start complaining about it on the on the show here. So. <laughs> Texas special. Yeah, I, did again. <laughs> I did have a quick question while I got the mic, and that is that uh, are these going to have? I, I believe the original, the one back in the day, had the little hinged opening on the front uh, that opens up. Is this going to have the same thing? Yes, yes. These will have that same feature. Uh, you can open the the front door. It's sort of like a, a, a two part clamshell. Uh, that opens up on the streamlined shroud, and then you see the front of the smoke box inside there, and then the smoke box door opens too for some reason. I mean, we I don't know why it was done that way originally, but uh, must have had tooling money to burn at that point. And, um, but um, <laughs> hey, we kept it. You know, it's, it's a cool thing. So we're like, yeah, we're keeping that. That's, That's awesome. Right. Um, That's cool. That is. And, and Dave and I were just talking say... today on this. So one other update I do want to give on these, um, at least for the uh, the Milwaukee Road units. You know, these only had an air horn. They didn't really have a whistle so whistle steam is kind of odd um we're going to keep the whistle steam on the christmas version um but for the railroad versions we're going to put uh air horn sounds in here and we're since the the hole for the whistle was put right where the safety valves are anyway in the new design guess what we're going to give you safety valve steam um so that'll give you a more realistic feature for this uh, we'll put uh, probably three different air horns and two steam whistles just for the fun of it in the whistle sounds uh, for the locomotives. But that'll give you something a little more appropriate for the locomotive uh, with all the same play value 
uh, but a, a little bit more realistic. Man, Ron, you've got like ESP or something. You're figuring out all these questions that everybody had like before we yeah. ask them. That was like one of the top questions <laughs> on the Hiawatha everybody had. So there you go, folks. There's your answer on the uh, the whistle and horn options on the Hiawatha. Yeah, that was going to – Oh, you go. was going to ask if you if the uh, smoke would shut off when you blow the horn. Well, if there's no smoke to blow, it won't uh, it won't do it. It's <laughs> so, the uh, safety valve. Is that going to be like, like the Niagara where you can hit aux three or it just does it automatically? Correct. Yep. It'll be the same code. So it'll, it'll go off if you let it sit there idling long enough, it'll pop off on its own where you can, you can manually activate it. Sweet. The, uh, I have a, I have a couple questions about the, the passenger cars, a few very specific and a couple more general. So I'll just start with the general one. Is this a sign of a return of more aluminum passenger cars and, or maybe uh, slightly less expensive, just plastic aluminum cars, or is this just kind of a one-time deal since these cars are a little more specialized than uh, most of the 21-inch passenger cars you guys have done? Well, the the truthful answer to that is it really depends on how this run does. Uh, if we see a tremendous success with this, both in terms of sales and also production ability, then I have definitely not ruled out additional runs of other styles of 18-inch aluminum passenger cars down the road, uh, for sure. Um, if this is a total catastrophe, then I reserve the right to change my mind. Uh, <laughs> but, but right now, the initial feedback on these is, um, as you said, very positive and uh, encouraging. So I'm encouraged by it. Um, of course, there's a long way to go between putting it in the catalog yet and uh, and having it in your hands. Uh, and we haven't built these in eight eight years or so now, I think. Uh, so the tooling is there. We we did make some tooling changes on these, especially the observation end on the the beaver tail, but a few other things as well with the, the trucks and uh, and whatnot. Um, but uh, I, I think these will go together well, and uh, the pricing uh, is. is not cheap by you know anyone's standards, <laughs> no. but but for an all aluminum car with fully detailed interiors with figures, um, considering the length of time from where we were the last time we offered these, uh, I don't think the price increase is out of line with uh, where we expected that it would go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, when you look at the four pack, you've got this the Station Sounds Diner included in that too, from an electronic standpoint. So that uh, also sort of comes into play. Uh, with the costing on these. I think they're going to be beautiful cars. Um, I'm really excited about the Union Pacifics. We've had a lot of, even though it's all fantasy, we've had so many requests with all the hot dogs we've sold over the last couple of years uh, to have some matching cars to go with it. And I think these are going to look awesome, whether you go with the the stylized Atlantic here or put these behind your Challenger or your FEF or what what have you. Uh, These will be fun, fun pieces to have. So, uh, Right now, I'm very optimistic on the outlook of these, and uh, every confidence will get them built uh, efficiently and uh, correctly, and the sales will be good. And if so, yeah, who knows what the next couple of catalogs could bring. That would be very cool to see them continue as um, – not that the 21-inch cars are, are bad. Your, your new 20th mm-hmm. century cars and, and several other runs of those cars are fantastic, but there's definitely um, some uh, – 
some differences between them and of course metal cars and you know the the sheen that metal cars give off whether they're polished or just painted is, is definitely a little different from a plastic car um but it's definitely cool to see them kind of more of a uh, specific question is um, are these based on the images these look to be the cars or more similar to the cars except for the observation that you did when you made your Milwaukee Road S3 the I think they're more kind of like the Olympian Hiawatha cars mm-hmm. um, these are not the same as the cars you made back in the TMCC era with the original um, Hiawatha Atlantics are they or, or am I wrong um, these are the, the cars that I could find the, the closest designs for in, in our tooling collection today. Okay. Uh, so yeah, these are, they're probably a little bit of a combination of the two in terms of, mm-hmm. uh, the fenestration and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the, the observation end for sure was we changed up, yeah. um, off of the other, even from the original beaver tail, uh, we took the fin off of it and backdated it a little bit Yeah. Um, to give it that, that earlier look. Um, but that, that train too changed a lot over time. So we, we did our best to sort of get a good match, but overall one is something that would look good behind the locomotives, you know, whichever version of the Milwaukee Hiawatha you had. That's uh that's really cool. And just kind of a question. I, I was watching the live stream the other day. So the observation car will have a horn. Mm-hmm. Um, and is, and is that because they, they had like, was that an emergency horn or was that something they used on crossings? I just, I don't know much backstory to that. And I think people might enjoy I the, think, the story. And I can, I am, I am open to correction on this um, because I am not a historical expert on the Milwaukee road, but my understanding is that there were, uh, there was a backup move into one of the stations and the horn was quite helpful on that. Oh. Um, and so it's, it sits, it's a detail that you see very prominently on the back of that, that beaver tail observation. And so mm-hmm. uh, it was a decision Dave and I made pretty early on in this one. We said, well, why don't we put the sounds in there? And then if you put a horn on it, it'll make sense. Yeah. Uh, and so it was, it was one more little bit of a uh, bit of play fun that we could give you all with the station sounds car. I, uh, I did hear someone mention that. I just didn't know much. Yeah. Either behind it. And that's really cool that you're doing that. And, um, uh, after seeing the new cabooses that came out recently with the, with uh, the horn in them, or the, I guess it was a whistle, um, it definitely adds some play value and kind of immersion to to the set because you know you you have sounds at the front of the train and the back of the train, so you you get um, a feeling of uh, having a full unit of a, of a train and uh, audio to go along with it. I had a um... oh. No, I just had one quick question, if I could. Uh, the the radius, uh, the minimum curb, is that? Um, can we? Can you play with that 054 a little bit? I mean, I know these are four four twos, but I'm not sure. Is it? Is it because of the the shell, or maybe the uh, the spacing between the tender and the steam engine, or maybe the the tender itself? Is that why it's set at an 054? It, it's somewhat the uh, the spacing between the locomotive and the tender. Okay. Uh, but really, it's the length of the locomotive in the frame. Um, these are 442s, but they are the biggest 442s ever built in real life. Gotcha. It's a long locomotive. Yeah. Um, it, it sits bigger than you, you sort of expect from an Atlantic. Um, and it's, you also have a lot of shrouding around some things and whatnot that really limits the, uh, the amount of play we have on the wheels on the engine. So... Uh, I wouldn't really recommend you try and push this too far down beyond that 054. Duly noted. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I had uh, one question on the 
observation card because you're putting the sound electronics in there are you going to have any like end of train dialogue like uh you know the observation car is open or something like that as opposed to the normal station sounds or just gonna be a typical sound package uh right now this the station the, the diner announcements and things like that uh we have planned will be uh standard um, it's possible we may get an opportunity to change some things up there as we, we get into it, but I would expect that at least the majority of the uh, announcements will be uh, standard announcements because they would have been broadcast through the whole train, obviously, and the you know dining car was still where the food was served for the most part and all that, although uh, you had light refreshments and things in some of the observation cars. Uh, so I expect most of that dialogue will probably stay the, stay the same. Uh, the Christmas one, we may have a little bit more fun with something like that, as we usually do in some of our Christmas cars. Looking to expand your collection? Check out Trains.com. Trains is your go-to place for new and used model railroad products. They have everything ranging from engines, rolling stock, parts, track, and scenery. If you need it, they probably have it. With new discounts being added daily, you'll be sure to find something you like. Plus, Trains offers a newsletter which keeps you up to date on new items, discounts, and upcoming promotions. We've been using Trains for years, and we highly recommend their stellar service. What's really cool is you can also collect points by buying Trains and using them on future purchases. With their awesome rewards program, you can earn points on every purchase that you can use for future discounts. Dedicated modelers can also join their private car membership to get exclusive access to new listings, earn 5 points per dollar spent, and unlock great benefits like no questions asked returns. Trains not only sells trains, but also buys them too. If you've got a large collection or are interested in downsizing and making some cash, you can head on over to sellmytrains.com. It doesn't get easier than that. You can find them using our affiliate link, www.trains.com slash M-M-O-P or if you want to use our one-time promo code M-M-O-P you can get $10 off a single purchase on the trains.com website. So check out trains.com and start expanding your collection today. Yeah, um, I just got to say on the 49ers scheme, I, I love that you all call that the hot dog internally. That's hilarious. I absolutely love that. <laughs> Yeah, those um, the stuff you guys have been doing, like you all have said about the um, the sounds and everything throughout the train, is adding such uh, diversity and just you know such a dynamic, fun aspect to um, scale modeling. Uh, it's making it's it's just that immersion factor is getting so good, and uh, we've now got the GP nines here to discuss. I know everybody loves these. These are such a great engine because they literally last forever. Like they exist from the beginning of. It feels like from the beginning of diesels until now, they're everywhere. So this is like limitless possibilities for you guys. Um, let's hear what you got to say. What, what what do we got on the GP9s this year? Oh, yeah, you're right. I can Jeeps and F units, I can throw them in every catalog and never run out of road names. Um, uh, and, and so far, I haven't had anybody complain about it yet. Um, but uh, eventually, they, they do get old, so we try and spread them out a little bit. But um, I think the biggest news on this one is the GP9B. Um, which we've made a GP9B before, but it was using the, uh, I would say more the traditional style tooling with the stamped metal handrails and all that. So this is really the first time we've done the scale detailed um, legacy Jeep9B. And only the Pensy and the UP bought them. But if you're going to gamble on something that only two railroads bought, Pensy and UP are two pretty good railroads to choose. Uh, so we took a roll on these and uh, I've had, a number of requests over the last few years um, to do B units, uh, especially from the Pensy crowd uh, for their trailer trains and, and everything else. So uh, it's time to put those in the catalog. 
and uh, they work really well with the super bass. Um, the way the motor sits in these, uh, powering the B unit was going to be a bit of a challenge anyway with two motors. So uh, turning it into our super bass unit really helped solve that problem a little bit, but also gives you a, another reason to add it into the consist and get that extra great bit of sound out of there. Um, so there's a lot of new tooling going into those B units and, uh, you know, a couple of other great road names in here as well that uh, we don't typically do very often uh, in the catalog. Uh, the Minneapolis and St. Louis sort of looks like some of the engines we did in the, um, I guess the, what, the uh, pre-TMCC and all that. We've, maybe the 70s or so, we've, we did a few early you know, engines in that paint scheme, really nice looking locomotive. Uh, the N&W and the passenger scheme. Uh, the uh, Bangor and Aristook, of course, really colorful locomotive uh, for our friends up in New England. So a lot of fun with these this time around. Absolutely. Yeah, we're looking forward to a lot of these. We've heard some uh, good stuff on all of them. Yeah, the uh, like you said, Penzi's always a safe bet whenever it comes to uh, anything uh, a little bit off the wall. That's that's their best bet for getting something moved. Uh, what do we think about these guys? How are we feeling? These are nice. I, uh, I love the addition of the GP9B. I actually have the near central set from the mid nineties and really nice sets. So when I found out you guys were doing the B units, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be fantastic. So plus, like you said, for the Pennsylvania, it's the way to go that and a GP nine a let's hit it. Yeah, and you guys have also been, uh, <clears throat> got to say, giving a lot of love to not just the golden era of stuff, but like with the Conrail and everything, all the Penn Central runs, man, you guys have been giving the 70s and the 80s some good love too, and the 60s for that kind of like, you know, different oddball era when, again, you've got so many potentials for weird, cool, uh, different runs of stuff. Uh, it's great to see you guys modeling that stuff as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun, colorful era of, of railroading, even if one of the most prominent colors was rust, you know, it, it's still a fun... <laughs> colorful era with lots of lots of great options and we get tons of requests for that stuff it continues to do well uh, i think we're hitting a point where a lot of folks who remember trains at that age are, are at that age where that's that's what they want um so it's it's good timing and i enjoy putting it out there for people so it's it's a lot of fun to research that and uh, and do it yeah i love these gp9s i, I love the gp9b that's just a, a cool a cool looking bee in it. And I love the fact that it's super bass. Um, these just, they look great. I'm having a hard time deciding between some of the single units or the set that we're going to see later in the catalog. But um, either way, I'm really excited uh, for these things to arrive and, and to give them a try. Yes, indeed. Those are going to be look great. Yeah, it's like you said, Eric, it's going to be hard to choose certain pieces. Um, I know for some of our people in this next diesel, we're going to be getting into the uh, ES44. Man, our modern uh, collector friends. Uh, boy, whew, you've given them a plethora of stuff to choose from here. Holy moly. Between the uh, got the heritage units and all these new modern roads, got the new UP um, paint scheme in there and the, the Canadian Pacific and everything. So, I mean, yeah, holy moly. People are going to have a uh, be spoiled for choice on these guys here. Yeah, I, I, I almost feel sorry. I mean, I don't, but I, I almost feel sorry on this. Um, you know, we, we put out the ES44s pretty much every other catalog. Uh, they do extremely well every time we release them. And it's the railroad's fault. They keep coming up with all these great heritage paint schemes and new paint schemes. Uh, I think Florida East Coast just released a new paint scheme on one today. Um, 
so there's there's no shortage of deco options for these. I mean, these are these are today's GP nines, right? We can we can do deco on these till the cows come home. Um, I had a ton of requests though after uh, re-releasing some of the heritage units and so many heritage units and special schemes to redo normal <laughs> uh, big road uh, power to mix into those consists. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, we'll have the five, the five piece reissue of NS. I'll throw in some of the, the normal schemes. We'll use UP's new one. Uh, people said, Hey, you know, you haven't really run Canadian Pacific since it was a vision line locomotive. Could we get that back again? All right, that'll give me 10 engines. You know, that's, that's good for an ES44. And then along came CSX and, uh, <laughs> I said, well, I'm not going to not offer these now. Uh, but the artwork was done for everything else. I said, well, let's just throw five more in there. Um, and we'll, we will continue through the, uh, I think we still have 10 more, um, Norfolk Southern heritage engines to re-release and we will, uh, keep up with CSX, um, you know, we won't, we'll probably alternate back and forth still between these and um, SD70s, but uh, we'll get, we'll get all of those out there eventually as well. From what I've seen, CSX has a lot in store for heritage units over the next uh, year or so. So we will pace that out so we don't create another Norfolk Southern situation where you have to buy 20 heritage units all in one catalog cycle. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, rest assured, we will get to all of them. So if you want to have the full fleet, uh, we'll get to them uh, in due time and be a little easier on your budgets bit by bit. Um, so these are these are fun locomotives, and as long as the railroads keep coming up with new paint schemes for them, we'll keep uh, rolling them out. So uh, does this mean that there will be a CSX ACL paint scheme coming soon? Uh, I understand they want to hit pretty much anything that was a part of their history, so... Uh, without taking any of their thunder away from them, I'm not sure what their their speed or rollout plans are, but they do uh, have the the ACL uh, heritage paint scheme just came out within the last month or two, I believe. Okay, yep, you know what, you're right. I do remember seeing it now, and uh, yeah, uh, it'll probably it might make the next uh, the next cycle of these in the catalog. So probably sometime in uh, 2025, you'll see uh, an ACL version. Yay. <laughs> Uh, Peachy, I, th I think you're single-handedly bringing ACL uh, back into the limelight there, which is good because it deserves some. Yeah, love. I love that paint scheme, so no problem for me on that. I mean, there's there's some great paint schemes out there that I, I like seeing come back. So yeah, I absolutely love the ACL. So uh, yeah, I it's it's funny to watch the comments on my channel and stuff because a lot of people didn't know about it or whatever, and to see people getting into it and all that kind of stuff, it's really cool. Well. It's, it hasn't been announced yet, uh, but there there might be a custom Hiawatha in the works that could be interesting to you. So keep your eyes out there in the next couple of weeks for uh, some more custom announcements. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh -oh. oh. Exclusive content, folks. Awesome. Decisions, decisions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, I love the ES44s. It's so funny. I've... I don't know how many I've got. I've lost count of how many ES44s I have, and yet they never get old. Uh, like Ryan said, you can just do different paint schemes till the cows come home, and uh, it's so hard to narrow down a choice. I'm always amazed, you know, whenever the catalog comes out, there's people that, like the day the catalog drops, they're like, okay, I placed my order, and I'm always thinking, how can you do that? It takes me like a couple weeks to, like, narrow down what I want to get because there's so many choices. There's no way... 
I could make a, a choice in one day and be okay with it because there's just so much. Just get a smaller layout, Eric, and then uh, that that narrows your your choices down. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> Clever. A little bit too late for that. Smaller house. I'm uh, I'm trying to join into the conversation here, but um, uh, I'm I'm having to apply for jobs so I can buy more of these awesome trains in the catalog. <laughs> I uh... <laughs> join the club. I um I do have a question about the uh, specifically the CSX version of all actually all of the CSX versions. Um, I am a, a big uh, CNO and BNO guy, and I love CSX. It, it runs through my hometown. And a question that I think a lot of people have, and kind of a controversial topic in terms of the real ones, and I guess it could be a controversial thing in terms of the models. Will the 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 change from CSX to the heritage scheme be a fade or will it just be a straight line? Um, I, I could imagine making a fade would be definitely more of a, a, uh, a challenge for the factories as that's kind of an inconsistent thing to do. Um, but I, I have heard people ask that a few times and uh, I didn't know if it was uh, decided it's a, yet or not. It's a, it's a great question. And uh, the answer to that is the artwork right now has it as a fade. And oh, wow. we, you, you don't really know it, but we actually retooled uh, a good chunk of this locomotive about two years ago mm-hmm. so that we could, because of all the colorful schemes we've been doing on it, uh, these become great candidates for UV printing. Oh, wow. And so we've made some of the sections, like, for example, oh, wow. the radiator, uh, where it sticks out and create was creating an issue for that. Yeah. Uh, this is now, a, that's now a separate part in the tool. Uh, so things like the faded line there are much more doable for us from a deco perspective. Um, That's so really cool. artwork does have this in there as the as the fade as the way uh, CXS has, CXX yeah CSX has done them. <laughs> I uh, this is just something I've observed. I I could be wrong on this. I believe some of them in in the real world do have it and some don't. I don't remember which ones exactly. Um, that's kind of where the controversy I s- seem to have started from uh, because, you know, some people liked it, some people didn't. And so, you know, when when one of them was painted with it and then one didn't, people were like, why'd they change it? Or I love the change or I don't like the change. But that's really cool to, to hear that that's a, a possibility because um, it just means, you know, not only a fade, but like you said, just uh, decorations in general can be easier. And so as we've seen more recently, there have been lots of different really cool uh, ES 44s, including the custom runs for, for Eric and then one for Chris RBP. Uh, both of those were very um, mm-hmm. decorative and had lots of different things going on, but that's, that's really cool to hear. And I'm, I'm excited to see that these are in the catalog. I'm not sure if I'm going to be ordering any as I'm not really, a, a huge modern fan, but they are very cool to see. And I'm, I'm happy that you guys are being so creative. I just have to say, I think this catalog, especially, and the last few in general have been some of the most creative things I've seen on both the scale side and the semi scale side. So it's definitely appreciated. Well, thank you. appreciate hearing that. I'm, I'm also shocked to hear that there was discord over paint schemes in amongst rail fans. It, wow. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see anything this personally. Never happened. I don't know where you guys are getting. No, no, never. <laughs> or about the models either. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like you know, put all this effort in, and it's like, oh. <laughs> um, 
But no, I think, Sid, to your point, um, CSX did uh, have a hard definitive stop where they were like, all right, I don't think we're doing fades anymore. Like, it's the new engines going forward are not having it. So um, either way, I think it'll look cool. Maybe, Ryan, maybe either way you guys can do the prototypical or you can do the fades because... To be honest with you, I think the fades on these look better You're than right. the real ones. Um, <laughs> I think you guys have done a better job than the real ones. Not to, not to hate on CSX. I love them. I love the heritage unit concept. But uh, yeah, no, I think you, I think you guys are going to do a really good job of this. And uh, hearing about the UV printing, that's fantastic. Well, from what I can tell and what I've seen in all the photographs of the five that we've got in this catalog, these were all given that fade treatment. Uh, it's definitely easier to see on some of the lighter colors where there's more of a contrast than like, you know, the B&O, for example, where it's the blues are so close. Um, but these all seem to have the fade from what I have seen in photos. Uh, my my druthers will be we will probably follow the prototype. Uh, but, you know, with all the custom runs, if somebody wants to throw an extra one in there with uh, a faded out version for that detail, uh, we can we can certainly get to that. But. My gosh, we've got enough skews of these things already. <laughs> I'm a little scared to start offering CSX units two different ways. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So uh, keeping with the diesels, we got the uh, the good old SD45s, those good uh, good mid-century models. Uh, we got tons of cool paint schemes, um, some classic offerings. Uh, again, some more cool um, road-specific stuff you're giving to our... Um, our friends over at the uh, the Anthracite Roads with the uh, the Beeline Service Reading. I know some people are happy about that. You know who you are, um, and uh, some tons of cool stuff. So what do we what do we got with the SD forty fives here? Yeah, uh, this already started off as some of our most versatile tooling because it was it's newer tooling that uh, you know we started with the idea of customizing a lot more details than was thought of uh, a couple decades ago. Uh, so we still have all that. Uh, Rio Grande and Redding were certainly two of my most requested SD45 road names. But I didn't have the right headlight castings for Rio Grande, and I didn't have the right cab for Redding. So we uh, we had the money in the budget this year to tool those in there uh, and create two new variations. So that's why you're seeing that. Um, uh, also, you know, you've got the unique headlights on the SP. Uh, that represents some of the rebuilt units in the mid-90s. Uh, Frisco, DNH, Santa Fe, and the uh, as delivered scheme. We've done the the yellow bonnets a few times, but hadn't done the as delivered yet. So I wanted to try that one out for a change. Uh, I will say because we have a lot of questions on the Reading unit, I know there's some things um, in the catalog that don't look right, or at least didn't look right in the print version or originally. And we're making some changes on that as we go along. Um, we got the designs for these units with the updated uh, updated CAD files for the cab and whatnot literally the day before the catalog needed to go to the printer. So uh, we kind of rushed the reading through because we wanted it to have the right details on it. And that meant that some things like the color of the plow, for example, on the front and some of the lettering things uh, didn't didn't copy over and we just didn't have the time to correct it. So we are still revising that with the comments that we've received as well as things we had in, in store beforehand. So I know that's probably one of the questions that's come up to you guys uh, on that one in specific I uh, wanted to get that addressed here that we're well aware of, uh, you know, the fuel tank color and all that um, and getting that uh, corrected. Uh, it was literally a, you know, timing thing on the catalog on these. Um, also want to point out for Frisco fans, uh, to the best of my knowledge from all the research I've done, only the 911 had the Coonskin Herald on the nose. And so we're going to do it that way uh, here for these as well. Uh, I think it's a cool detail. I don't know why they didn't put them all on all of them. Uh, the other units look kind of naked without it there. 
Uh, but the other two Frisco units will have just the, the white and red uh, nose on the front without the Herald per the prototype. Uh, so when those come out, if people have questions, and I'm sure they will, uh, it was done intentionally to match the prototype units. These are, uh, these are, go ahead, John. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Go ahead, please. Uh, these are really nice. I, I like the, the DNH just calling my name. I, uh, I really like those. Those are neat. Um, but I, I didn't have a chance to ask her, so I do apologize. But, uh, really quick on the ES44s, the big question's asking about the e-bell. Is that, mo- is that going to be on the model? Yeah, we'll, can, we'll use the e-bell sound on the, on the model. Sweet. And, um, with the uh, SD45s, it's asking about uh, the Rio Grande having the Aspen Gold on the front on the safety stripes. Uh, yeah, well, we've been honing in on Rio Grande uh, Aspen Gold over the last uh, couple of years. I think we're getting pretty close on that. Uh, so I hope to have the, that color right for uh, the catalog, uh, although I'm sure I will hear about it one way or the other. <laughs> And then uh, <laughs> always the way, right? right? Oh boy! And then I got uh, two more asking about um, uh, ground lights. Uh, we don't have that in these uh, in the tooling on these or the operations. It's something we could add, but we just don't have it uh, in here right now. Okay. And then it's asking about um, updated prime mover sounds for the six forty five prime mover. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it can happen if I can uh, get access to one uh, that we can record. So if anybody out there listening would like to extend an invitation for uh, us to send our sound guy out to you and record eight notches of um, a 645, be happy to do it. All right. That's all I got. All right. Yeah. No, these are, um, those are really good. And can I just say, um, just on the topic of sounds in general, um, my God, the, the, the quality of the crew talk, not just in the diesels, but overall, all of your stuff. I just have to, this is just coming from me personally as a, as a customer, y'all have been killing it on the new crew talk with the radio static and just the, the, the breadth of stuff that you're putting in these locomotives, uh, steam, uh, like Sid, the, uh, the seaboard, um, yeah. decapod mm-hmm. had like a Southern sounding, um, uh engineer on there like that was fantastic like that literally makes me want to buy one that one little thing was like that's the cherry that's what i have to have it for so the fact that you guys are doing that um like you said uh possibly going out and recording new sounds for your engines um that has brought so much immersion in uh sound is such a huge part of all of this i mean i'm sure everybody else can can echo their sentiments on that but like sound is so important to the immersion factor on yeah. our model railroads and the fact that you guys have been stepping it up so hard, um, juggling so many different things with the new whistle recordings and recording things in person and the new sense. It's really been, I don't think it's going unnoticed. Um, it's really making a difference on a lot of stuff. We appreciate that. Uh, and I, I know, uh, I'll, I'll pass that on to Tracy, our, our audio engineer. Uh, he'll definitely appreciate that. He puts a lot of effort into it. Um, we've, We've recorded uh, willingly or, or not so willingly, I think, most of the people in Lionel's payroll now uh, for crew dialogue. Anybody who has a little bit of a strange <laughs> accent, we're like, hey, you, get in here and, uh, and, and sound grumpy for this. Uh, so that, that's good. Um, that, we've been working there. And uh, certainly anytime we can get out in the field now, we have the equipment. We have, uh, we have that and you know, trying try to do this to get out and, and get sounds we can and increase that library. Uh, sometimes just having something new and different 
is 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 a big deal. Um, but when we can make it new and correct for that locomotive or that type of locomotive, all the better. Yeah, oh, I definitely yeah. agree on oh, this yeah. on the sounds. It makes a huge difference. Um, and the the fantasy sounds and stuff that y'all have done, like the uh, Transylvania Railroad man, that that is awesome. Um, when I heard those sounds, that was what sold me on that unit. I won't lie. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate all of that and all the different options for the bells and whistles and all that stuff. It's, it's top notch. The, um, the one that's always, I've said, I've said this since I heard it on the class A is that train line brakeman startup is the best thing I've heard. Like in a long time, that is fantastic. 100% agreed. It's so immersive. I love it. I'm saying like, I have to have a a ticker counter for how many times I say Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh my God. And uh, bar none, my beloved E6s. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to introduce the E6s. Do you have anything else? No, I was just going to say bar none. That is my favorite new sound feature is that extended startup. Very cool. Yeah, same with me, man. And uh, we have our our next one here, our beloved E6s. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the paint schemes in this one, the freaking Southern and B&O in the same catalog. <laughs> Y'all are killing me. You gotta this is why. The fact that you guys are doing that Southern scheme, oh, my gosh. We have never seen that before. In uh, Have we ever seen that scheme before In uh, on these before? I don't think we have, have we? I don't know that Lionel has done it before. Um, I would be surprised if MTH or somebody hadn't done it. In fact, Lionel may have done it way, way back. But um, And, you know, that, that paint scheme didn't last that long on the prototype. I think we can all figure out why. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was beautiful in concept <laughs> um, and, and on delivery. So I definitely wanted to bring that one back. Uh, B&O is always, it's actually one of my favorite paint schemes. It's just, there's something simple, but stately about it that, that works. Um, neat thing about these this time is, you know, we're doing in different configurations, whether it's AA or AB, um, depending on how the railroads themselves tended to buy and run them. Uh, these were as frequently AB or ABB sets as they were AA or ABA sets. Um, and so your two unit sets, you'll have the, you know, the option for either the A or the B, depending on how the railroads uh, bought them. Uh, and then we threw in the super base B for every railroad, regardless of whether it was correct or not. Um, if you're a Milwaukee Road purist and you just want an AA consist, go for it. Uh, but if you don't care and you want the super base, we've got the option there for you. Um, but I think one of the coolest ones in, in here is actually the the General Motors uh, seaboard, um, you know, G- GM Pavilion from the 3940 World's Fair uh, train uh, took a lot of time trying to look at that and figure out how the history of it transpired from year to year uh, and what they did there. But with the see-through uh, sides on the prototype and then bringing that into the model, I think that's going to be a really fun one. It's so tongue-in-cheek. I love it that you can just see the internals of the uh, of the model. And it's it's like other pieces you guys have done. That harkens mm-hmm. back to... Um, your post-war uh, 1950s, uh, the salesman samples that you guys uh, ran back then, and then, you know, with the clear F units and everything, and then you ran again in the uh, the 90s, and it's kind of continuing that trend now into full scale. Yeah, and we've actually been talking about doing another clear unit just to do another clear unit, and then this one was like, well, hey, here's a prototype for it. Let's do that. 
<laughs> but yeah, let's talk about guys. What do we uh, what are we thinking about the E6s here? Sid, I know you got some opinions on some. Yeah, of them. yeah I I love this. I and this is crazy because all of my friends and probably most people who have who have followed me on social media and talk with me in general. I'm not that big of a diesel guy, but as of late I've been I've been getting into it more and I'm I'm very big on B&O and C&O. And so seeing the B&O set, I love it. Um, and as of late, you've made some B&O and B&O heritage products that have had a really good color. And so um, I'm excited to, to see these come out. And it's really cool with the, the optional front uh, fixed pilot. Um, since they don't have a coupler on the front and you, you could put that pilot on, it would definitely give a very uh, aggressive and kind of f- uh, flowing front end as, they have the, those really cool pilots and in uh, in real life, uh, slightly different model in general. But there's a uh, there's an engine sitting up in Baltimore that looks very similar. What is it, John? Fifty one is the cab number, or is it fifty two? That's an EA. Um, I think it's fifty one or fifty two. Yeah, you definitely have the. Uh, the but uh, the fact that you know there, there's some resemblance there, and I, I like that engine a lot. I'm, I'm definitely happy to see all this and again, creativity with, with the paint schemes, the, the clear bodies. And I know there's a set, um, in relation to these, uh, units that people are, are definitely talking about a lot right now. So I'm very happy to see these and I'll probably be picking up uh, the BNO set. Hey, John. Yes. My good. Does this mean I got to buy the BNOs for your cars? Yes, it does. <laughs> you knew the answer to that. That's why you asked it. But, uh, <laughs> hey, you got options down, my man. Come I on. Do. You know, the I sounds mean, are going to be amazing. I mean, we're by the Come E7s on. and by the Super Bass B for this. I mean, we, we got options here, you know. Buy Honestly, all of them. To have, it, have a set of E6s, and when I'm done with that, pull out the E7s. But uh, anyway. Um, we got the, the Capone cost, yeah, right? too. But... Um, you had a couple questions on these. The uh, one was asking about the World's Fair E6. If they're going to have some special World's Fair dialogue on those, uh, we may be able to throw a, a thing or two in there. Uh, we'll probably still have your normal crew talk and whatnot. Um, but again, we'll, as we get into it and see what we, recordings we can find and, and have uh, you know free use of, uh, we'll have some fun with that if we if we can. Sweet. And then um, the other one's asking about the Texas Zephyr. Um, what will be the name for the station sounds? Will it be the Silver Racer or the Texas Zephyr? Uh, usually we do uh, train names uh, and not the diner name. So uh, Texas Zephyr would probably be the, the closest to that concept. Sweet. And then uh, one more is asking about the um, El Capone cars. Are they going to have figures in them? Maybe Gangster by chance? <laughs> no, uh, no figures in these, but uh, four screws take off the, the top and fill them with whoever you want cool yeah you don't, you don't need figures buddy you go get your own figures yeah <laughs> okay you film with whatever you want okay listen forget about it i know it's the wrong that's the wrong city I know, I know, all gangsters sound like that no matter where they're from <laughs> yeah we're seeing some really cool offerings this time around and again thank you for offering um some really nice passenger car sets with these diesels because i know um we've heard in the past you know some we've gotten some diesel offerings where we were sans passenger cars so um the fact you guys are cataloging these with the uh these beautiful locomotives is definitely a plus uh akin to the hiawatha you're getting the uh, gorgeous texas zephyr set there with the uh the burlington and uh those are definitely going to be a cool piece to have that's going to be a really hopefully a really good seller for you guys 
Head I'm down. really excited about these E6s myself. I mean, that, that Southern one is on the must-have list for me, and and that GM demonstrator thing is just, it's so unique and weird that I, I, I think I got to get that one too, because that's just something you're probably not going to see again, and and uh, I love it. It's great. I had to... And I love the scale pilot. That, that Having the scale pilot, I think Atlas did that a few years ago with their F units, and it's such a cool idea, and I'm just thrilled that you guys are doing it on these E6s. It's going to look great. Yeah, this seemed like a good place to try it, right? I mean, not only is it that great slanted pilot and very distinctive, but it's purely a passenger unit. Your chances of you switching with this thing or... Uh, you know, on, obviously on the AAs, you'll have one with a coupler open on the other end, but, uh, you know, no one's using these things as mid-train DPUs or anything crazy like that. So uh, <laughs> you, you might as well, well have it here. It's not going to impact your curve radius or anything like that. So uh, give people that option to make a simple conversion there and, and have your fixed pilot on there. Really, really help the look of the locomotive. I had one on the... Uh... CB&Q set. I have the uh, Shadowline 2-pack for the Santa Fe from a couple mm-hmm. years back. Mm-hmm. Are they going to have a similar uh, Shadowline effect on the yes. cars in the engine? Yes, Sweet. very similar. Now, the, the cars actually have the fluting on the side, so we won't have to Shadowline those, but the locomotives will be doing the Shadowline paint, uh, their deco effect on there. Sweet. Those will be awesome. And thank you, Matt, for selling me the cars. Appreciate it. I, no problem. I uh, I think my fr- a couple of my friends... Uh, from uh, Illinois and from uh, Florida would would uh, would uh, yell at me if I didn't just bring up the 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 city of Miami. Said I I didn't even know that train existed. Um, I don't know anything about it. It's it's definitely flashy to me. I again I I don't know very much about it. But it's again you know another passenger set looks to be very kind of road specific and it's again cool to see the creativity and. I love all the new sets, whether it's a passenger set or, or a freight set. I I got the new uh, Western Maryland Hotshot set, and I think all the sets that I've been seeing and some of the ones I own are some of the best products that have been coming out from uh, from Lionel recently. Definitely, and Sid, to your point too, um, I I've been learning like every catalog. I learn at least if it's not one, two, three or four new things about like just railroad history in general. I mean, the amount of research you guys have been doing on stuff is nuts. Like whoever heard of those uh, clear, you know, E sixes. I mean, my gosh, um, I'm learning so much from these, uh, these different runs you guys are doing. So kudos to you on the research on stuff. You are coming out with some really good, uh, some sets as well. So it's been good. All right, let's see. We got the, uh, oh, the SW8's next. Another fantastic, um, everybody loves it kind of locomotive. Uh, some really cool runs in this one, too. Got some Air Force, got some, a uh, lot of lot of Midwestern love in this catalog we've been hearing. Texas and Pacific, some C&W, lots of good stuff. Let's uh, let's hear about the SW8's. Yeah, uh, same great features and, uh, and whatnot that you've seen on our switchers over the last few years. Uh, the fixed pilots, uh, you know, great sound, single motor drive with the, you know, all the wheels powered. Uh, these things just run smooth. They sound great. They smoke great. Uh, they're they're fun locomotives, and you can never have too many switchers, right? Uh, the SW8s are neat right. because there are as many in industry and private owner hands as there were on the railroads. So it's, it gives us an option for some some fun road names here from time to time, and some things we haven't done uh, done before. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, guys, what do we think? Got any any stuff on the SW8s? Well, it's uh, not here in this catalog. I've I've seen quite a handful of times a uh, Atlanta coastline for Peachy. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe down the line. I uh, I do have the SW7 ACL switcher. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it is one of my favorites. And, of course, I've got Eric's switcher, too. So I like to run those ones together. Oh, that was such a good custom. That was a really pretty It was. Sweet. If we're good on the SW8s, let's roll on to the U-Boats, our fantastic 70s, goofy, weird, curvy diesels. Also, some great road names with this. And also, I think we're seeing some more... um, Road-specific stuff on these. What do we got on the U28s? Yeah, well, we got some tooling we haven't run in quite a while. Um, there are some variations uh, from you know the, the catalog art as well, but uh, because of that, but yeah, we, we've got some different road-specific details in terms of um, you know plows, rooftop uh, details, things like that. Uh, also, some different lighting packages with the variations of the nose headlight, the Southern Pacific. Of course, they they never saw a light function they didn't like or one on their engines, so uh, <laughs> we, we've got all that crazy good stuff on there. Um, yeah, I'm excited to bring these back in the lineup. Uh, the U28C wasn't a huge seller, uh, railroad wise, uh, but they changed hands a number of times. So we've got a couple good, good paint schemes on here and, uh, you know, build off of this and run some U30s and, and other U-boats down the road, uh, in the near future as well. Yeah, no, these are really cool to see. And again, like lower horsepower diesels such as the 28 are uh, kind of akin to smaller steam, even if they're the same size of diesel. It's just cool to have that variety where you can model. I mean, you know, guys who buy, you know, 20 diesels of the same road name, they love having this kind of stuff where they get to have a weird specific road number of some weird model diesel. There were like three of on the road. So, it, you know, it, it like you said, there's always something to put in the catalog. So it's great to see stuff like this. The um the SP is calling my name, kind of just like what Ryan said. You know, I love when I see a SP engine. It's got all kinds of crazy lights. So yeah, that's that's a really cool one. This and the SDs are really kind of speaking to me. I just I love all that SP lighting lighting action. Really cool. If Johnny was here, he could foam over the SPs with us. Yeah, something like we'll that. Foam for you, Johnny. Johnny, we're we're still listening to you. <laughs> that's right. The gospel of SP. All right, so let's uh, let's move on here. We got some uh, some sets to discuss here. Um, first of all, the beautiful um, uh, nickel plate Burke set is uh, very attractive. Very great classic nickel plate pieces in that with the caboose and the uh, the trailer flats. Everybody loves. That's definitely gonna be a good seller, I think. Yeah, lots of great color schemes and lots of fun in this set. This one is, you know, pilot to marker lights. There's, there's a lot going on in here between the uh, the Vision stock car and Caboose and then our return of the, the hot box reefer um, is, is going to be a fun piece. So just as soon as you get the cattle settled down, you're going to have a hot box and yeah, all sorts of great stuff in here. You can play with this set for hours. Yeah, it's a really fun one. Again, that that salesman factor of getting all those fun features into a set. Uh, and speaking of fun in the set, oh my gosh, the AEC <laughs> set straight out of the um, the fifties and the two thousands. Oh my god, I remember seeing sets like this in your guys' catalog when uh, when I was a kid. So this is so cool to see. 
Love this. Yeah, with our with our big anniversary coming up in another year, uh, we've been having a lot of fun starting to look back through older catalogs and, and getting some inspiration. And sometimes it's so cool that you just don't want to wait another year to, to do it. So uh, <laughs> we, we put this one in here um, with you know the Jeep 9 and all the glow-in-the-dark fun stuff. Um, of course, the Freight Sounds boxcar. We, hey, we, got, we should add a Geiger counter to this. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. So... Uh, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a really fun train. Uh, and then you've got the B unit there too, to add in if you, if you want some more power. Uh, and as, as much talk as we've had over this, uh, I would imagine there's a very good chance we'll see some more cars along this line in the not too distant future as well. If you want to expand the set. Yeah, I totally love this set. I'm absolutely ordering one. It's on the must have list, getting the B unit too. Uh, and I can't wait to see it on my layout. It's, it's going to be so much fun. And I will vicariously enjoy it through your video there, Eric. So I cannot wait to see yeah, it. You can, find, you can finally have an actual nuclear set, Eric. <laughs> and there we go. There we go. go with your nuclear power plant. Oh, this is and an awesome a, set. His nuclear engine that he built a long time ago. That yeah, the ES44. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> You wouldn't believe the number of messages I got from people who actually thought it was real. <laughs> like, like, I remember one guy was actually like, he was like pissed off slash concerned. He was like, it's illegal to have uranium like in your house. <laughs> oh my God. You can't make stuff like that up. Holy moly. <laughs> just pop down to the you know the nuclear power station just grab some it's like a homer simpson thing when he walks home with the uh the um ingot in his back oh my gosh uh, i'm sorry peachy i didn't i didn't mean to cut you off there oh no no that's i was just saying this is just a really really cool set i love the the glow in the dark aspect of it um and the the glow in the dark uh halloween triplex triplex however that is said um super cool I think it's really yeah, cool you guys fun. are going to have the uh, the Geiger counter sounds on the uh, uh, on the box car. That's going to be cool. It should um, it'll go with my it'll go nicely with my Lionel Geiger counter that I'm I'm going to do a video on one of these days. Nice. I do have one quick question on the set. Um, it's it's awesome. Uh, the the gondola that has the the atomic waste uh, mm -hmm. canisters in it. Will those canisters? be illuminated or are they just going to be a load that glows in the dark they're just going to be a glow in the dark load yeah. okay i don't have any good way on that car to hide wires and lights going up into them yeah so uh, now that being said if somebody wanted to do it on their own it would yeah. be a terribly difficult difficult do it yourself you know uh fun project for a weekend oh for uh, sure but, you know, from from the set perspective they'll just come with a, as a glow in the dark load okay there you go, Sid. There's your next project, glow-in-the-dark car. Make no, I just – I know there's those post-war guys that are going to be like, it it, it, oh, it yeah. was illuminated or whatever they said. I just remember um, – I remember always seeing those cars. I think I actually saw one the other day when I was at one of the stores local to me. But, uh, no, that's that set is very cool. And it's, it's definitely a set that deserves the glow-in-the-dark treatment. Yes, indeed. Then we got the City of Miami. This is such a cool freaking set. I love that you guys are doing this. This was a this is a hidden gem in this catalog right here. Yeah, I was afraid uh, it would go kind of unnoticed or uh, what's you know be another one of those. What's that? But um, a lot of people really showing some love for this set, which I'm I'm happy to see because it it was a beautiful train in real life and uh, a fun one to add to the layout. Great color scheme. 
Absolutely. And uh, let's keep rolling here, see what else we got in the, uh, the old catalog. We got the... Um, Oh my gosh, the uh, the Looney Tunes Rolling Stock and the uh, I know people are loving this kind of stuff. Scale guys like me, I mean, I love when uh, a little bit of 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 realistic fun is injected into it. So those are fantastic. We got the uh, separate sale passenger cars. Um, you guys are just offering a great bunch of Rolling Stock. Uh, I know, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of hard to sell freight cars sometimes when people have a million freight cars already. But um, no, you guys are making some some fantastic choices in these uh, these offerings this year. Yeah, the. Uh... The Looney Tunes cars are just a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we'll be getting to Megan and Corey soon, and they've been having a lot of fun with the license. And I said, let me play two. So I remember Saturday morning cartoons, <laughs> you know, I'd put one of these things on my layout, but it would be cool if it blended in with the rest of my freight train, right? So that it looked railroady. And uh, and that yeah, was the, exactly. the approach we took on the scale cars. I think it's I think it's a cool piece. You can put that in your string of boxcar red PS1s and, you know, see who catches it as it goes by. Exactly. And then uh, my absolute favorite thing in the entire catalog, the Hotbox Reefers. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and thank <laughs> All the thanks goes to Dave and the engineering team on this one. Uh, all I did was say, hey, we should bring back the Hotbox Reefer. And then after throwing some things at me, they, they got to work on, uh, on doing this. And it's going to be a really cool car. Uh, it's basically a vision reefer, but with the added fun of uh, the hot box operation in there. All new sound recordings, of course. It's it's heads and tails over the the last round of these that we did decades and decades ago, uh, both as a scale car and just in terms of the features and control that you'll have with it. Um, it's it's going to be a really fun piece. And the development that went into this paves the way for some even more cool things to come with our rolling stock and uh, our new standard soundboard now for uh, the, the years to come. Uh, so we have some more great ideas uh, cooking up uh, for the future. But I think this is going to be one that you're just going to have a lot of fun playing with uh, on your railroads for sure. Uh, I, I had actually was going to bring something up with the milk cars if we're moving over there, but uh, I like the uh, the old Leary Dairy <laughs> milk car, uh, especially when it says Chicago, Illinois. So that's kind of a little uh, tongue in cheek thing, I'm guessing. So because yep, I, I believe, quick, correct me if I'm wrong, but O'Leary's the O'Leary's cow is the the um, you know historical or mythical cow that dumped uh, kicked the lantern over that started the Chicago fire. Right. That is correct. That yeah. is correct. It's a little bit of a nod, nod to that yeah. uh, to Chicago history. Someone posted somewhere uh, and it got back to me and it really is a great idea. And I'm kind of kicking myself around. They said, you know, missed opportunity. That should have been on one of the hot box reefers. And I, yeah. uh, you know, that one, that one might have to happen down the road. Uh, a hot box milk car. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. You'll have warm milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this milk so smoky? <laughs> I had a couple on the uh, hot box reefer. I, I know Sid, you had one. Go ahead. Oh, just qu- it was just real quick. So I, I think I heard on the live stream, and you kind of just said it now. So will we be seeing? more uh, like so you said there's new electronic some newer electronics in these and just the overall design of the audio will some of that trickle into not only freight rolling stock but also the the station sounds cars because um i'm I'm a technical person i like to look at things i like to tinker so i've opened up some of my newer products and the engines i know have all pretty much all have this new standard board um 
but I've noticed the passenger cars and I haven't really opened up a ton of the newer freight cars, but they seem to have maybe slightly older tech in them. This, this car's uh, development means some of that will trickle in and over time, all of the rolling stock will have a kind of standardized, uh, more modern set of electronics and audio uh, formatting in general. Yes. Yeah. That's the, that's the plan uh, that this will work in our, our rolling stock, both passenger and freight. Uh, it gives us several more feature options, uh, some standardization of parts, which is always great, uh, replacement of obsolete parts, which is always great. Uh, but of course, things are also always changing. Uh, I do see us having a couple of different sort of levels of sound equipped cars. Mm-hmm. You have sort of your, you know, for lack of a better term, like a smart car, like these vision cars or the hot box reefers that have a lot of interaction, command control capabilities and so forth versus more of a, a passive or, a, you know, a a dumb car, like a, a freight sounds car that you put on the track and it makes noise. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really easy. Uh, and I don't want to make all the cars use the high end board if I don't have to, because that just drives yeah. up costs for no reason. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, so we'll still have some difference in, in categories like that. But when we get past the, you know, just put it on and make noise phase, then yes, this, this board will give us a uh, more of a one size fits all to that level of product with, with some cool options in there. And I'm, I'm not going to let any more things leak out of my mouth tonight about what those <laughs> things might be, but um, trust me, we're working on some cool stuff. That's really cool. Had a uh, couple questions on the hot box. One of them was uh, when it's when you're not activating the hot box sequence, is it going to have regular like rail sounds and all that? Yes. Yeah, you'll get the regular clickety clack freight sounds as it's going along uh, under normal normal conditions. Sweet. And then. The next question is asking, how granular will the hotbox sequence be? Like, is it something where you just click it on and it goes and it's done, or does it have, like, different levels? No, it has different levels. Uh, And the more you interact with it, uh, you know, the quicker you stop and cool the car down and stuff like that, uh, the different scenarios you'll you'll get with it. Uh, So there's there's a lot more interaction built into this um, so that you can trigger it and do things with it as you'd like. so it, it's, it's very controllable, um, but it also, you know, is a fun way to sort of throw in there and create some operating drama for you if you, if you don't have enough troubles of your own. Sweet. And then uh, one final one is, um, again, I don't know if you can speak to this, but the guy's asking if, uh, with redoing the hot box reefer, is there a chance maybe to see like the breakdown B unit come back? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, I see. Hey, all right. <laughs> you heard it, folks. He said, definitely no wing. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Awesome, sweet. Um, all righty. Do we have any more on the hot box, or was no, that everything? That was okay. Well, what do we got next up here in the roll rolling stock section? Uh, looks like we've got the uh, conclusion to the Union Pacific World War II boxcar series. Uh, this was a fun one to do. Uh, lots of great cars. We've got, of course, the rest of the uh, the other 12, uh, the regular poster cars, and then one more sound-equipped car uh, with, I think, my favorite poster, the Look Dad uh, poster on there, uh, and then a, a custom caboose to match. So no matter what UP power you want to pull this with, uh, just some great advertising art and a really fun piece. Overall, this would be a really impressive train. Yeah, it's a really cool, uh, really cool ensemble you guys have put together there. And then we got the uh, the freight sounds, always a always a uh, a fun piece to have in the train. The freight sounds mm-hmm. boxcars. 
Getting some good different road names yes, on there. Man. Loving that R from P representation on the Chessy. And I think we had some stuff on the tankers, didn't we, Matt? Yeah, we, we had uh, this tank car. I only got one question. It's asking, uh, will the silver ones have any kind of chrome finish? Uh, no, no, they'll have our normal silver finish. Um, the chrome finish tank car might be something kind of cool to do as like a special one-off, but you didn't really see a whole lot of that in real life. So uh, these will these will have a pretty standard finish uh, on them. Uh, cool. I got one on the. Sorry, What's up? I was gonna say, just I remember everything is chrome in the future. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> future. Future. Uh, oh, quick, quick! Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for putting Winchester and Western on those covered hoppers. Oh my gosh, repping my local road. You guys are amazing. I used to see them rolling all the time past my house as a kid, so it was a fun one to do. And I, I like this weathering idea. I hope that takes off. I haven't heard a whole lot of buzz about it. Uh, I know a lot of O-Gage guys don't like their trains dirty, but, um, you know, the graffiti cars do so well for us that this was worth a shot. And with the UV printing, we have an option to do that. And, uh, of course, you know, you could still go further with these things and weather them even more and do more things to them, but get you a really good start on a, a realistic-looking freight car uh, right out of the box. Yeah, yeah the less is more approach on that looks really good. Yeah, I'm really excited about those weathered hoppers. Uh, I can't wait to see those in person. I have a question for you, Eric. And, uh, Are you uh, going to get more of the um, flat cars with the trailers on it now that you uh, know how to put the trailer on? <laughs> yeah, I might. I might. I like those a lot. Those are cool. <laughs> I had a hard time with our first <laughs> ones that we had too. So I, I felt your pain when I watched your video. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I cut out about five or five minutes or so of me like trying to get the darn thing on, <laughs> like looking like an idiot. <laughs> no, those cars are awesome. I, I love those things for unit yeah, trains and uh, get our gorgeous vision cabooses here coming out. Mm -hmm. That's such a cool, I love the fact that you guys are doing stuff like that. Again, immersion. <laughs> now, are these vision cabooses or they don't have sound or anything, do they? Uh, the, the two Pennsylvania varieties down there at the bottom of the uh, the page do have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. I, I didn't even see that. Sorry. <laughs> the box collector in me is going to ask, are these going to come in black boxes or orange boxes? Uh, I'm pretty sure we did black boxes on those the last round and, and we'll do that again. That's sweet. <laughs> you come, come on, you, you knew I was going to ask. Come Mr. on. Mr. Box. <laughs> Mr. Box, yes, sir. But, Who are you? What are you I know, right? But um, I did have one more quickly on the um, 50,000 gallon tank cars when we get to that. There right. we go. And now these are, um, yeah, what do you got, Matsy? These are some cool old tools. Yeah, these are former Weaver, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. And uh, the question's asking what um, changes or upgrades have been made to the run. And as a quick aside, at first I thought these were the ethanol tank cars, and I got really, really excited. And then I, I looked again, I'm like, not quite, but close. Yeah, a, little, <laughs> a little bit of a smaller car than the ethanol car, um, and certainly a, a, a little easier on the price, uh, you know, on the wallet than the ethanol cars. Uh, although we are due for a run of those, those tank cars in the near future, too, I think. Um uh, new trucks on these, of course, uh, like our, our Lion Scale trucks, um, and we'll make sure we get some adequate, adequate weight in these cars uh, so that they track well. Um, 
we have not built uh, these uh, here from this tooling yet. So as we get around and test them, if we notice there's anything else that needs to be adjusted, uh, we'll definitely take take care to make sure that we make these things run as good as they look. Definitely. Um, are the quick question just I literally just popped in my head? Are these being released as line scale as the old Weaver ones are, or are these just regular line L line? These are just um, in the regular line L line. Oh, fantastic! That's great to hear. Want to support your favorite O scale podcast and rock some awesome merch? Well, now you can. We've teamed up with Redbubble.com and have come up with a great selection of gear that you can get right now. They have everything from shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, bags, you name it. Heck, you can even get a wall clock with us on it. All this great stuff and more at redbubble.com. Links are down in the show notes, so grab yourself some gear and rock some awesome podcast merch. All right, and uh, with that, we've come to the end of the scale section and time for traditional scale now. Bring on the, the true experts. Alrighty, Megan and Corey, thank you so much, Ryan. Uh, how are we doing? We got traditional scale up next. We are great and excited to talk about the traditional side of the catalog. All right, we've always got good stuff in here. Um, so, of course, doing the scale burks, we got to get right in with the traditional scale burks. Yeah, there's no shortage of burks in this catalog, and. Um... These were pretty popular back in 2019, so we had to bring back um, some different road numbers on the nickel plate um, and in the CNO, and uh, bringing in the Louisville and Nashville as well. And you'll see uh, a special one uh, a few pages down the line here. These have all the um, LC2 capabilities in them. And another popular one um, that we're bringing back um, by popular demand. Lots of the uh, Genesis locomotives and all kinds of different Amtrak phases and heritage schemes. Um, I, I think my favorite on here would be probably the MTA Conrail heritage scheme. Oh uh, yeah, like you said, we're getting spoiled with the heritage schemes and the railroads. They're making you, uh, giving you guys spoiled for choice. I know tons of people have been asking, um, uh, you know, for these uh, Metro North units, and um, you know. I, some people in this area are definitely going to be uh, enjoying those up in the uh, the tri-state area, looking for those, the beach ball and the Conrail and everything. So it's so cool that you guys are offering this with this tooling. Um, again, another great use of the former MTH stuff, uh, getting these different units out. And uh, I know a lot of people are probably going to be looking to pick these up. Yeah, absolutely. They did really well last go around, and I'm excited to be able to bring them back so quickly. The... Um... The one I'm looking forward to, maybe a possible future run. When I saw that unveiled, I loved it. Was the New York Central? That is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, you and me both. I, I was gonna say, uh, I don't. Is was it? Is it MTA that did the New York Central, or was it someone else? I, I don't know enough about the. Okay, no, it was so, MTA. Yeah, it was the same so, line, so it's like. Yeah, along. so as they uh, um, continue to maybe release more heritage units, do you plan to do more with? with this tooling or, or is that not in the works? Yeah, absolutely. I think as we continue to see schemes and have the opportunity to get a good handful of them going, we'll keep releasing them as long as people keep enjoying them. That's very cool. Hopefully the, the response to stuff like this is very similar to uh, responses to things like the ES 44s. I know that this is probably a licensing thing. That's kind of hard to, to deal with, but I know there there's this, uh, 
person in I, uh, one of the Discord servers who really likes um, VRL, and so um, I bet I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he would enjoy just the he likes P42s in general, but I, I assume VRL is something that's hard to get uh, a hand of the licensing for. Yeah, we have a pretty good uh, team at Lionel um, that handles all of our licensing stuff. So it's never a never say never type situation. Um, they they really do do their best. If there's a something that's really popular, they always try to reach out and see what we can do. Very cool. Yeah, and this is a great piece too because I mean, so many kids, you know, kids want stuff. You know, their first train and everything. You know, they like seeing what they see in real life. So the fact they can have a uh, you know, a, a, a good looking proportion diesel to run on, uh, you know, one of their first layouts, um, getting an Amtrak model or one of the other ones that they see every day is a fantastic thing to have. Yeah, exactly. Especially with either the Lion Chief 2.0 or um, regular Lion Chief locomotives, anything that we can get them to, to get started and, you know, things that they're familiar with. Um, we're always happy to do that. I gotta Absolutely. tell you, I, um, I played with one of these a little while ago and the sounds are fantastic they really you are. guys did a fantastic job with the sound set give tracy a big round of applause you did a fantastic job yeah absolutely we will definitely pass it along to tracy he does a great job the uh just one comment in general about the entire uh this is just all line all products um but I got to experience one of the, I believe, the former MTH280 uh, tooling. Uh, you guys just released them in the sets and separate sale. And um, it was one of the more newer um, semi-scale Lion Chief-based products that I had seen. And in general, all Lion Chief products recently have just been fantastic. And they're just such great quality. When I, when I was holding the engine and, and running it, it... Uh, it reminded me of, of my childhood because I, I had a very sturdy Lionel starter set and it's cool to see it, it continuing as it's a product that, you know, people can play with, uh, it can get used and abused and it'll still keep going. And um, the fact that it does keep going means they're not just going to, you know, it'll, it's not going to just break and then, oh, this isn't fun anymore, that it'll just keep going forever and uh, kids will stay in the hobby. Absolutely. That's exactly what we want to hear um, with people enjoying our logos. Definitely. Uh, Sid, I think I, I always say this. This is one of my little phrases, but I always say there's a lack of pretension yes. about um, about uh, Lion Chief products. Uh, not that they're not that they're not high quality, of course, but just like it's there's just a sense of um, fun about them and that they're just designed to be enjoyed. Yeah, that, um, you don't really get with uh with uh, other pieces and uh, oh my gosh the doodle bugs so excited to see more of these oh my god you guys are uh really really going hard on these i love all the different offerings you all are doing on these this is going to be these were such great sellers the first time I mean, how many people guys did we see everybody wanted to you know everybody was getting one of these weren't they oh yeah the which one was it i think the christmas one the fact that the coupler i think open sound was a squeaky toy that's just creativity on a whole new level and i loved it when i heard that that was just so cool any plans wow. to make a paint scheme where the doodle bug is painted like a ladybug huh. oh, that's very clever <laughs> oh that's yeah. funny that's maybe good. hey that could be an easter one right or something i don't know 
spring one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, speaking of bringing things back, it's so cool to hear you guys' excitement about the doodle bugs. We affectionately call these doodles internally. Once you start saying it, you can't not say it. <laughs> 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 and we agree. Like, really wanted to bring out a whole new variety of road names. I think two of my favorites in terms of overall look is the Rock Island and the Golf Mobile in Ohio. I just think they're so sharp, but a little something for everybody, including actually a polar that goes skiing that you're going to see a bit later, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, these are just like packed with a lot of technology. So even if you don't have like a full set in one of these word names, you can still enjoy um, the product and, and, you know, you're going to get that Bluetooth, the smoke, the Lionel voice control, all those fun features that you would expect. Yeah, I absolutely love these things. I just finished writing a review of one for the uh, OGR magazine uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, they're just so much fun. Uh, I was really close to doing an, the uh, an Eric's Trains Appalachian and Western Doodlebug, but I took a poll and more people wanted the steam engine than the Doodlebug. But uh, if it was up to me, I probably would have just done the Doodlebug because it's uh, I, I just love these things. They're so cool, and I love that they're that the price is reasonable. So it's something that, that that is fun and yet you know affordable, but it's. Um, I think these are scale, aren't they? I'm pretty sure they're. They're pretty close. Yeah. They are pretty close to it. So, yeah, these things are just great. Yeah, that's a great thing. You can get one no matter what you model, if you do scale or traditional. Mm -hmm. I mean, I run it with my scale stuff, and it looks just fine. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Got some more licensing stuff here. Disney. I mean, it's been a huge Disney year. My gosh, their hundredth anniversary. So, um, definitely not surprised to see some more Disney stuff in here. Yeah, with within the hundredth anniversary was actually the tenth anniversary of Frozen. It's hard to believe that that movie's been out for ten years. I feel like it just came out yesterday. Um, we had some success with the Frozen two set not too long ago, um, but people really wanted to see was Olaf. So we wanted to bring Olaf back and feature him pretty heavily. Um, this go around, what's really cool about this one, it's got the, the lighted tender, the lighted coal, coal load, similar to what it had in the Frozen 2 set, um, but also features the fun bobbing head boxcar. So that'll have Olaf and Sven bobbing down the track as it goes. Yeah, you see these all over display layouts. Um the frozen the general that you guys did with the light up uh, uh tender i mean we know our friend uh chris rbv he loves that set that he has uh his kids uh love running that so this is it's always a big one with the uh the kids and people who love this franchise yeah anything we can ever do to add you know whether it be fun lighting effects or animation within the sets we, we really strive to make sure there's some extra amount of fun in, in these types of products definitely We got the John Deere. John Deere is always another great, uh, always, I mean, whenever I go into hobby shops, they always have at least one Deere, one John Deere product in there. That's a beloved franchise as well. Yeah, it's really just a classic license that looks good on any layout. Um, again, bringing in the, the cool Tomy loads, you have to have a, a, you know, John Deere tractor when you have your John Deere train. And uh, we get to uh, reutilize the, the really cool... Um, load for the hopper um this time doing it as the fertilizer hopper with those burlap, burlap sacks in the hopper uh again really fun to be able to bring that back uh following it on the other 280 set from last catalog 
And then you can't have a John Deere set without some John Deere accessories. So, of course, we have to bring that barn in with the um, heavy deco on it uh, with the John Deere branding. Yep, and then we got the uh, the Looney Tunes again. Boy, that a Acme factory. Holy moly. I saw so many people talking about that uh, exploding <laughs> factory. That was definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, not only will it have the explosions, it'll have the smoke as well. Um, so that, again, will be really fun. Realistic sound effects in there, um, similar to what we did with uh, Sergeant Stumpy's a few years back. <laughs> Sergeant Stumpy. <laughs> Uh, Corey, uh, you had something to say on the, on the uh, Acme Oh, yeah, that's just, like, was definitely one of my personal favorites. I think it's just so much fun. Um, and, you know, going back to what Ryan said, just to briefly uh, touch on the, the uh, boxcars you see on the left, you know, he likes to have fun by bringing, you know, some of the playfulness of Looney Tunes in his line, and it works the other way as well when you bring that prototypical look back into what normally is a very fantasy-like world. So, um, yeah, this is just an opportunity for us to kind of go wild. But Megan created this awesome set, too, that she'll be talking about as well. Yeah, this set was featured in our C2 catalog. Um, wanted to give it a chance to get some more love. Um, has the fun chasing gondola and just heavily decoed with all those Looney Tune characters that everyone loves. You know, all the pieces of rolling stock um, that you'll see in this catalog are going to look amazing with this set. I, uh... Whenever I see the, the these Looney Tune sets are, are are very cool. I I keep seeing them, and I I have a friend who really loved the Scooby Doo set. And whenever I see these, I always I always think they're the Scooby Doo set. Is there any chance the Scooby Doo set will return? Because I recall that set selling really well, and so much so that it just sold out everywhere, and it's hard to find now. Yeah, never say never. I think you know, as as far as licenses are concerned. When there's a lot of demand for it and it's really popular, there's always an opportunity for it to come back. I was also going to ask about the Scooby-Doo set because I agree, Sid, this really does remind me of that one. Um, so I'm mm -hmm. just putting my two cents in and saying that I would absolutely love to see a Scooby-Doo set again. <laughs> well noted. Yeah, you kind of hit marketing sure. fire with that, uh, that mystery machine diesel. Yeah. Like, come on, that scheme on that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Definitely, that this will all make really Howard cool. very happy. Howard yeah, uh, is a sure. huge Scooby Doo fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, I like the coyote <laughs> splattered on the front. Uh, that's awesome. I didn't even notice well, that. that. That's, that's always, so cool. I never noticed always, that. Yeah. That's always where Wiley would he would end up there on the front of an F unit at the end of most of the cartoons. <laughs> so that's a uh, perfect place for him there. Yeah, and and Roadrunner is in the cab window as well. So. Oh! Oh my gosh, that's oh, fantastic! I, so oh. many things I'm not even noticing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice that either. That is awesome. There's a lot of great detail on this. Okay, this better have the meep meep he did as the horn. That would be amazing, or as the bell, the e bell with a meep 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 meep. meep, meep. <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll fourth or fifth the uh, the Scooby Doo set definitely. Ruby -Roo. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I guess I'm number six now, or however many people it's been. Yeah, Scooby Doo. <laughs> it's official. Rerun or rerun it. <laughs> oh, no. He said his R's is L's. Rerun or rerun it. Rerun it, Reggie. There you go. Awesome. Like, man. Got to think. Like, Scoop. It's marketing genius. 
And then, uh, holy moly, this was, okay, this got, like, a lot of the older collectors talking. The reintroduction of the Prairie, which we haven't seen, I think, since uh, the late 70s, I think, was the last time that was run. Yeah, it's been a minute, and uh, I got to give credit where credit's due. This is definitely um, a a labor of love project for Dave Olson in our engineering department. Um, He really absolutely loves this locomotive, and we had to bring it back uh, with new tooling. So is this is there anything about this engine that is based upon anything from the post-war or the the, the later or, or I guess early modern era or is this fully brand new like new chassis new shell um like everything Yeah this is fully brand new That's very cool That's awesome uh I had a question on this um this is obviously a Lion Chief set um, is there a chance to bring this up maybe to Lion Chief 2.0 standards, like the fan-driven smoke and all that? That'd be really cool to see one of these as that. It's definitely a possibility and something that we'd consider. It's just a matter of will everything fit with inside the engine. Um, and I am sure that Dave will have more to say on that And as we keep going. Sweet. I could also see a market for this being done just as a conventional engine, kind of as a post-war throwback. Um, Because again, so many people love this, uh, this classic set. You guys have your big anniversary coming up. Um, So like you said, doing with the AEC set, and then you're kind of giving us a little teaser here with this. Um, I'm sure it would be a good, if it's at all possible, I'm sure uh, people would love to see something uh, like this in conventional as well. If it's a, at all possibility, but either way, it's just such a cool thing that you guys are, uh, honoring your heritage with uh, a piece like this, which is so ingrained. I mean, this was hundreds of thousands of kids first locomotives. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no shortage of good ideas on what we can do with this and what you'll be seeing in catalogs to come. Um, This particular set was a recreation of one from the 1940s. And then there's plenty more to take it from inspiration from as we go forward. Definitely. Definitely. And you guys are offering them separate sale as well, which is fantastic, along with the uh, the classic um, 60s and 70s inspired Atlantic, which you guys have, uh, or the, uh, was it Atlantic? Or is it a Columbia? These are uh, two four twos. Oh, 242s, excuse me. Neither. Um, but yeah, two, again, two legendary engines in traditional scale from Lionel. Yeah, we, we really gave a plethora of different Lion Chief options this go around. Um, we had so many different uh, road names and paint schemes that we wanted to do. And we really wanted to give people an opportunity to kind of piecemeal um, their sets and what they wanted to add to their layouts. Um, You know, between the really fun scheme on the New York central to the um, U S army set and some additional schemes um, in the theme sections, uh, these lion chief locomotives, again, really easy to use Bluetooth compatible, um, can be run with the universal remote. Uh, and again, to the ability to pick what road name inspires you and be able to add as much rolling stock as you want, freight, passenger cars, um, but really giving you that opportunity to piecemeal um, what you want to add to your layout if you're not into getting sets. Yeah, definitely. These are always a great um, selling point for people who uh, don't necessarily want a set, but they want to get a 
a locomotive, uh, just, you know, to add on to what they have already. And uh, you guys know exactly what you're doing with that pacemaker Columbia too. That's fantastic. <laughs> and then we got the, uh, the ever beloved FTs, which have been a staple in your line. Um, doing some great offerings here with, uh, the dumb units for the train sets you guys are offering and, um, and some more classic paint schemes. Those are looking really good. Absolutely. It was really exciting to be able to, to do the, the dummy units just go around the Santa Fe super chief is, is a set that we offer year over year over year. And, People have had them in their hands for quite some time, so to be able to add these pieces on to establish sets that they already have is is a real winner in my book. I think it was Eric. I, I can't remember who it was. If it was Eric or RBP who reviewed the the Texas Special set, um, and uh, it, it's definitely cool to be able to expand those sets that are very uh, very like legendary and. and for some people, you know, kind of nostalgic is something that you might have either grown up with or seen. You can expand the set and then continue to grow as you um, expand your, you know, whether it's a small layout or even a big layout. It's just it's cool to see that you can expand what you already have without having, you know, go all the way up to the next level. You can just add to your your existing set. Absolutely. We never want to forget about, you know, people who have bought sets prior. We want to meet be, be be able to make sure that, um, you know, as we introduce new catalogs, we'll remember, oh, we did this and this will go back with the set that we did a couple years ago, or this will go back with a set that we're, um, we did just in a last catalog cycle. So to be able to continue to add to things that people have existing is very important to us. I will say a um, quick add on to the uh, sets was the Santa Fe set. Uh, my little brother has the Super Chief set that you guys did uh, a couple sections ago and really nice set. Uh, the engine is fantastic. The cars are really cool. Uh, all in all, really nice set. The announcements, it's basically a station sounds diner in an engine. It's fantastic. So great job. Yeah, that's a really classic right. set. And you'll actually see an additional piece that we have to add to it in a few pages. Um, Sweet. Yeah, and those ET44s, man, I can't see, shops can't keep those on the shelves. They're so popular. Kids clamor for that modern stuff they can model. The fact that you guys brought that out as a brand new tooling a few uh, years ago, those things, keep them making because those things are selling. Yeah, awesome. No shortage of paint schemes for these, and we also like to have fun with fantasy schemes, um, mm. such as the U.S. Army, and again, some you'll see further on down the line. Hey, Ryan, is there uh, any chance we might see, a, you know, looking at that Texas special, is there any... Any chance we might see a uh, a return of the scale Texas special passenger set one of these days? I mean, it, it could certainly happen. You know, it's one of those great road names that sort of a big part of Lionel's history. And so as we get to anniversary years, I, I always like to look at stuff like that, that uh, crosses, you know, checks a lot of boxes from the person who just wants it yeah. because they like the Texas special and whatnot uh, to that nostalgia factor. So. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a possibility there uh, in in the future. Right on. I like these ET forty fours. The sound sets. I'll just kind of like um, go on top of what uh, Mad Z said, but uh, the sound sets in these things and the the uh, engineer and uh, dispatch and the, kind of the conversation that they have is just like phenomenal. And I think they're usually like road specific. Uh, as well, uh, if I remember right, which is like fantastic to have in like a Lion Chief engine. 
Yeah, we try to do that where we can, um, but these will have the road number specific um, where we can. Gotcha. And uh, also love the female crew member representation. I was going to well. say that. Oh, my gosh. Love that. Oh, we think alike. <laughs> yeah, plus one. Yeah, it's it. great. And it won't be Corey because Corey's never been an engineer in any Lionel engine. Right, Corey? <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring that up. I'm going to bring that up in every catalog episode now. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what else we got here. We got the, uh, oh, the speeders, the ever-beloved speeders in some great new rodent names. Got some really fun schemes this time That's around. That's right. Um, we get a lot of creative liberty here. You know, you'd be amazed what you see out there uh, on the rails, you know, just fun schemes. I think the one that is really going to hit is going to be the Area 51 because, you know, this entire uh, line of Area 51 product is just, it looks so good. It's so cohesive and this will just be a great addition. And then also, like, there's two other speeders that you'll see a bit later in the catalog. And we've added uh, some new tooling by adding a snowplow to uh, So uh, lots of exciting things. A lot of technology packed in such a little guy. But, man, this thing zips around uh, the layout. Um, and it's just a lot of fun to create. Yeah, I'm super excited about the one with the plow. And these two. I mean, I, I, I like to collect these motorized units. And uh, uh, I, was, I was really excited to see the uh, the new tooling with the plow on the front that's going to be a lot of fun actually i have a question on those so i don't sure if this is a uh, a typo but it says team cc speeders but you you actually note legacy control systems equipped um yes, am i reading that wrong or yeah so it's actually um it's funny you bring this up this was a uh the way we wrote this feature bullet, it it sound it does allude to that, but it is not. It is a TMCC or or you could run in conventional. Um, we could have definitely worded that bullet point better and, and will in the future. But yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from there. Okay. I mean, not that it matters too much. I mean, I, I, I kind of understood it anyway, but um, these are, I love these things. These are some one of the best things that you guys ever make. Like, I love these little speeders for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah, these and the rail bond yeah. jumps yeah. came out with yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, now shipping right now. I've had yep. a chance to look at them. My God, the fact that you can have command control in such a little like thing like that is so fun. It's such a great selling point because it's cool if you have conventional, you know. But the fact that you can do command control on something like that is so novel and fun. It's great selling point on those things. Yeah, the one that always blows my mind is the uh, the little diecast metal track inspection car they made maybe like ten years ago. That was so small, and I was like, how, oh, like, yeah. how did they get command control in this thing? Um, but I love these things. And one thing I, I, I tell people is that, you know, uh, one, one reason I like these little motorized units, whether it's the speeder or the ballast tamper or the track mobile, is that, you know, they're, they're collectible. You know, they're, they're, a, they're an affordable collectible. You know, you, um, not everybody can afford to collect a bunch of uh, big boys or anything, but you know, these are something you can say, hey, I'm going to try to get as many of the, of the as many road names as I can and and uh, have a little collection of these going. So uh, they're, they're a lot of fun for that, at least for me, at least. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And a lot of the cool things, too, is like with these schemes, I mean, you would see these a lot of the time, you know, track crews would uh, would dress their speeders up um, in schemes just like this based on their real roads. So it's totally, um, you know, something realistic you can have in there. And uh, like you said, I mean, also displayability. I mean, like for something like you are with all your shelves and everything. I mean, these look great having, you know, five or six of these lined up on a shelf is so cool to see. 
So, and then we got the uh, the gorgeous passenger cars here you guys are offering to go with your FT diesels. Yeah, I do want to note the, the new tooling on this page here. Um, we are uh, doing the full Vista Dome, um, and the, the first to hit out on that will be for the Santa Fe with the to add on to your Santa Fe Super Chief sets. Um, we've had the the Vista Dome coach for quite some time, but we hadn't done the full full Vista Dome in this line. So to be able to do that and be able to add that into your existing Santa Fe contest was really important to us. And I expect that you'll see a lot of other road names um, on the the full Vista Dome car to in, in catalog cycles to come. Um, all of these coaches here, whether it be the Lionel Lines, uh, Pennsylvania, or the UP ones, as well as you'll see some in the theme sections as well, they're all going to be lighted with the exception of the baggage coaches, but we wanted to just give a lot of variety um, for those who were picking up um, the separate sale pieces and wanted to add on as much as they could. Are the are the soft molded diaphragms new for those two? I, I don't remember if those had those or not, or the, the smaller, like, you know, 15-inch cars or 13-inch um, no, cars. Those, no, those aren't new. Those are those are already included. Okay, okay. With that, uh, that new uh, full Vista Dome, maybe after the run of the Texas Special, you guys could do a uh, a traditional scale um, Hiawatha set, since that car is a huge part of Milwaukee road history. Just a suggestion on there. You got the uh, the E sixes in there. Might be a cool next run, but yeah, just so much um, diversity on these cars. I love those Penzies. Those are such such a cool um, like kind of reserved look for those cars that hasn't really been done before i think in traditional scale with the uh just the penzi on the uh car like that yeah very very classic but just inspired by pennsylvania you know obviously there's a lot of collectors for for the pa road names so for them to be able to to grab these passenger coaches and put them behind um whatever they'd like uh there's you know no shortage of pennsylvania locomotives out there um to be able to add these to them is is going to be really easy for them to do All right, and then getting into more of our license stuff. Um, again, you guys got the uh, the Warner Brothers license as well. Another big anniversary there. They're uh, going on still with. And then uh, looks like you're giving our Potter fans a ton of uh, new product here. Yeah, we have definitely increased the amount of Harry Potter products in the line because people were just asking for them, um, and we had to deliver. Uh, we'd been doing the passenger coaches for quite some time. Uh, we were able to add on... Um, a couple catalogs ago, we were able to add on the passenger coaches in the Hogwarts houses, and we wanted to be able to add some freight cars with some fun, memorable moments from all of the different movies. Uh, this will kick off a series starting with the first three movies, uh, Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, and Prisoner of Azkaban. And again, just taking those key memorable moments from those movies and highlighting them on the car. Uh, I think these are going to be a big hit. I think everyone has their, their own favorite mo moments from the movies, and we tried to grab as much as we possibly could in detail on these cars. I absolutely love these cars. I have the Hogwarts Express, and then I did get all of the house cars as well when they came out, um, and I'm very excited. I am a huge Harry Potter nerd. My library is all done up in Harry Potter, so... I foresee um, having to add some shelves to display these boxcars because these are beautiful. I have, you guys did an amazing job on these. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. You know, I think these were long overdue. And again, people have been asking for them and we had to deliver. Um, 
working with the, the WB team has been, they've been really gracious in allowing us to do some really fun things with these. Uh, I, I'm excited to, to do the Demeter's Aquarium car and have that motion going through the car. They'll all float through it as it goes. Um, again, just really fun add-on pieces that we haven't been able to do in previous catalogs. So to, to be able to expand upon this line is really exciting for us. Definitely. And I'm very excited to hear that there's going to be uh, more of the movies featured on these as well. So that's that's very exciting. Yeah, I'm with you, Peachy. That that house car idea, man, that was a cool idea. Everybody getting being able, like you got every single one, or being able to get the one that you uh you know you most associate with. Um, that was such a cool idea. That was a really really cool idea. And this stuff looks like it's continuing the trend. I mean, anytime you can make a collectible line, um, that's always a good opportunity. Yeah, and not only are there fans of the movie, but they're clearly fans of uh, of the train itself. And I, I want to make sure Corey gives a little love to the the music cars on this page as well. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's interesting because when we first started creating uh, Harry Potter product, it really was centered around the Hogwarts Express. And so being uh, really resilient and going back and forth with, you know, your licensing team and saying like, hey, we really want to show this series some love. Um, you know, as PG was mentioning, the black body cars there on the bottom right, they're really central, focused on the train. So maybe you're not so much into the movies and you're really into the train. It's a great way to celebrate and collect. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that you guys had originally tooled up a completely new thing of a British locomotive. I mean, that shows the commitment to the franchise right there. So absolutely. Let's see what else we got. Oh, then we got the uh, continue with the WB, got the superhero stuff. This has some of the funniest um, gags of anything I've seen in the superhero line. I love the Man of Steel car. That is so funny. These are really fun to do. Um, you know, this year is the 85th anniversary of Batman. So we had to have some fun there. How could we not have a, a bat signal on the Searchlight Caboose? This has the exclusive um, Batman 85th anniversary um, branding for 2024. We have the, the Dark Knight ET44 with um, everything you see there in the green glows in the dark. Um, we wanted to keep the deco very sim simple for Batman. You know, he's reserved. He's, you know, the, the mysterious man. And you got to really have that Dark Knight um theme on there and having having fun with glow in the dark um this engine's going to be a really cool one to see on a layout the bat signal car or caboose i should say that's just that's like next level that's that, that is the best that is like one of my favorite things in this entire catalog <laughs> i'm a huge batman fan so like having like you know a car like with the bat signal on it well that actually so i'm curious you know, I, I know it lights up and it has a shape in it, but like if you put that against the wall, and I don't know if you guys have any like working or production models, but if you put that against like a wall or something, will it actually like show like the bat signal? I think you'd have to get really close to the wall. Okay. I don't think it's going to project that far. Not that I need to call like Batman or anything, but I was just curious. <laughs> I mean, you might. <laughs> um, Matt, if, if, if you don't mind, uh, I can interject on that. Uh, they did do the uh, the TV show uh, Searchlight Car a few years ago. I actually owned that, um, and I still do. That one you could shine up on the wall, and uh, if you got the placement right, you could get a very faint bat signal. Awesome, going. so that's um, cool. 
And if that one rotates back and forth, then um, it is yeah, manually I mean, that, rotating, that so you, you will be able to move it uh, in whatever placement you want. That's awesome that it. Oh, even better. Yeah, that's awesome even that even if you have like a layout well. and you like shine it against like a yeah. barn or something like right, that would be kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, I de I definitely think you'll probably get some level of that. That's really cool to hear that it actually did shine that far. Oh yeah, as a as a just a straight up customer review that one, uh, and uh, also I can just test because I have a lot of I have a, one very specific Batman uh, fan who is you know very close to me who loves the stuff. Um, a lot of Batman collectors who didn't even collect trains said that that flat car that y'all did was one of the best Batman collectibles that had ever been done because it was so like nice and reserved, just with the Gotham Police and the actual Bat logo from the TV show. A lot of them were saying that was one of the best collectibles that they'd ever seen done for the TV show. So the fact that you guys are continuing with this, um, you couldn't, you would not be. People were clamoring for that bat signal car. So the fact that you guys are doing another one for the anniversary, that should be a very, very good seller for you guys. Good, I'm glad to hear it, and I think that WB hit it out of the park with the branding for this this year. I, it looks really cool. Yes, yeah, these absolutely. cars are awesome. I do have one question um, from one of my followers. Um, that we're asking about a Marvel license, if that's something that's going to be coming since you guys are licensed with Disney. It's always a possibility. I'm not quite sure if um, that's something that we're going to do right now. Um, that all just depends on um, how it goes through our licensing partners. And to add to that, just a moment is um, the way Marvel's typically structured their their IPs are very like um, broken apart. So um, whenever we enter into any sort of agreement with a licensor, we always have to keep in mind, you know, what properties um, will be the most popular, the most well-received, and then, you know, do a contract based on that. So not to overcomplicate a simple question, but um, it can become complicated with Marvel, but hoping to get there. Awesome. Definitely. I'm still uh, I'm still waiting for Star Wars, so I'm waiting. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna right, complain man. about it every catalog show because <laughs> apparently <laughs> somehow that works. So listen, I'm a Star Wars girl, so the, the calls are coming from inside the house as well. So. Uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> Thank you. I have to imagine it the works great on the Star Trek set. The Force. Is, I have to imagine the licensing for Star Wars is probably not easy. <laughs> indeed yeah definitely well that's a good opportunity to continue talking about disney because on the next page here we do have some disney items um disney and thomas kincaid with the beautiful art there um this is the first time that we've um partnered with uh the dual licensing on the thomas kincaid and disney items but th these beautiful paintings um lend themselves really well to the size of our box cars um, and I think they're going to do really well. And then just to jump in on the Angela Trotta Thomas um, new paintings and such. Uh, again, you're seeing, uh, going back to the prairie that we're, we're tooling up. Uh, this is a way that Angela wanted to honor that new piece, um, which I think it looks really amazing. Um, and she always like seems to create art that just gets you right in the feels, which I, I appreciate and just takes you back to those memories that are special and nostalgic. Oh, definitely. It, it's so evocative of the old catalogs. I mean, that one with the flag and the F units, um, 
I mean, we have a we have a buddy of ours, uh, don't we, Sid? Uh, our guy uh, Steve. He has the uh, the Berkshire with the yeah. um, the flag and the baseball mitt prominently right yep. in his foyer. Um, so uh, the fact that we've uh, you guys are doing that is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, she she makes such beautiful art. She was on the we had her on the show last year, I believe, or the year before. I don't remember. Matt, you can correct me, but um, she was she's a joy um, to talk to as well. She's so sweet. Um, and uh, just talking to her, talking to her about what inspires her to make art and and, and make these beautiful pieces, is uh, is just really incredible. Yeah, I, uh, I don't remember the the year, but no, that was a really fun episode. And I've always admired her work on these boxcars and just her work in general. And just thought, man, fantastic! So another home run, uh, beautiful cars. Angela is absolutely oh, yes, do quite great well. to work with. And like you said, she's just got such a passion for it. And uh, she's really great to collaborate with. And speaking of great collaborations, oh my God, the Barbie stuff. <laughs> and the Bob Ross. <laughs> so much was talked about on these pieces. Let's, uh, let's hear about them. Oh my goodness. So we had a lot of requests you know barbie had a big year last year with the release of the movie and we started getting inundated with people saying were you guys going to do anything barbie and uh yes yes we are barbie's actually celebrating her 65th year um we wanted to make sure that the barbies that we highlighted were really those throwback vintage barbies so you got the 60s the you know coming out with the the 1959 boxcar which is really the iconic the first barbie in her uh, black and white swimsuit but then you know highlighting those special years having the 1960s with the vintage barbies on there and the 1970s which is probably my absolute favorite piece in this whole entire catalog just in terms of deco um but yeah it was it was heavily asked for and we hope that everyone enjoys them you know whether you're a fan of barbie or know someone who's a fan of barbie these cars are exciting Yeah, that white one is so just visually like shocking in such a good way. It's so it just jumps off the page at you. And uh, yeah, we got to talk about the Bob Ross water tower. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so inspired. Yeah, R- Ryan Kunkel came out of his office one day and said, "Hey, if we're gonna do this with Bob Ross, we have to have fun with the afro, and I think that the water tower <laughs> would be the most appropriate place for it." The Bob Ross team is so amazing and fun to work with that they're like, yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Like they want to have fun with these items. And how can you not have fun when looking at that water tower? So I I love it. It's it's so funny. People were talking about that one endlessly too. Just what a great idea. Who would have thought Bob Ross and trains would work well? These uh these two this is these two pages are like the most incredibly diverse pages like in this catalog. Like like I know we're looking at it digitally, but like imagine like in the actual catalog, you like turn to your this page and you're like, oh Barbie and Wizard of Oz, and now we have Bob Ross. <laughs> like it's uh it's awesome. It's awesome. I think we always try to be super intentional with you know iconic things meeting iconic things you know the wizard of oz is an iconic movie celebrating 85 years so the fact that we're able to do that and put that illuminated box car to use lighten up the the ruby red slippers or you know celebrating bob ross who is just an iconic man and an inspiration 
um, for so many people to to marry that with the Lionel trains is is an honor to be able to to celebrate all these different IPs. I absolutely love the idea of the Bob Ross Art Gallery. Um, I think that is a very good touch, and yeah, that that is awesome. Yeah, I like that too. That's awesome. And uh, we got, of course, even though he's not here, we got to talk about the Mr. Rogers uh, for Johnny, just because, uh, oh my gosh, what a great um, collaborative idea. Yeah, that was, this was a really fun one to do. And I think everyone in the office, when we started talking about Mr. Rogers, everyone, it just got everyone in the feels, like Corey said. Um, everyone has such fond memories of uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood in, in one way or another. Um, so getting to do these pieces, and again, this is just the start of 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 the partnership with the Mr. Rogers team. So we have the sound box car. It's going to have those iconic um, quotes and that you know and love of Mr. Rogers' voice. Uh, everyone remembers that Mr. Rogers fed his fish in every episode. So having that aquarium car and being able to have his fish go around the aquarium as it goes down the track that we had to of course do that and uh Corey can talk a little bit about the fred rogers boxcar celebrating the man yeah definitely so um we wanted and we wanted to do this with bob ross as well but just take a moment to celebrate the person of fred rogers um because you know you feel some responsibility to honor a, a legacy such as his uh, appropriately and you know given there's also this connection to trains it's not only feel good but you know it it just it's a beautiful combination for us as Lionel to to come in and do this. So you're going to see his trolley there on one panel and, you know, sitting in train car on the other in Pittsburgh and um, and even some of those quotes that he said himself. So just a privilege to celebrate him. Yeah, kudos to Lionel for for yeah. uh, just doing a tribute to Mr. Rogers, who is probably one of the most incredible human beings to ever walk this earth. Um, in my book, I mean, I grew up with Mr. Rogers. I'm at that age level. So, um, yeah, th these are awesome. Yeah, the same here. And I, I know some of the it's it's weird to talk about a trolley and think rivet counter. But I know some people really want a very specific trolley. But is there a chance that you will ever take a bump and go trolley and put the, the deco of Mr. Rogers trolley on it? I think I will just wink at you guys really hard digitally. And leave uh, it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was <laughs> Yeah, no, we were all talking about it, weren't we? We were like, oh, they're going to do the trolley. They have to do the trolley at some point. That is so exciting to hear. And uh, yeah, no, giving us some love with our, uh, our car collectors, the Ford and the Chevy cranes there. That Ford crane is such a cool piece. I love that. I'm not even a Ford guy, and the Ford crane looks great. <laughs> it's always fun to see the orders come in on these year over year, you know, because we always offer Chevy and Ford. So seeing like, oh, this year's for the Chevy guys or this year's for the Ford guys. So um, these go great with all the other pieces that we've created for, for these brands and we'll continue to offer pieces. We got our ever beloved beer, all the beer offerings as always. Yeah, we have uh, two scale the... pieces, um, you know, same type of reefers that were shown earlier in the catalog um, with the great AB art on it. Uh, got an, a blinking water tower, 
we of course have to have our, our reefer cars year over year. Um, this year, the reefer features um, the Clydesdales and a holiday theme. So I think that one's going to hit really well. And then for the first time in the Budweiser series, we're doing an illuminated um, bar sign reefer. So the, the idea is that the um, Budweiser sign on the far right of the boxcar will kind of give that like neon glow effect of it as if you were, you know, sitting in a bar and had that neon above your head. And that's really cool. I love that you guys are doing stuff with the uh, illuminated cars. Um, and it's cool seeing you guys do the malt nutrient on the uh, scale car because um, I think way, way back when you guys ran a, a traditional scale malt nutrient car uh, that turned into like a really weird sleeper collectible where the car was like really, really crazy priced um, on the secondhand market. It was a really desirable car. So it's cool to see that scheme back. I bet a bunch of people will be picking that up just for that reason. Some little Lionel history. Maybe this is another wink, but uh, is there a chance to see a bush light car? I think we'd love to expand the license, um, but not anything that I can share at this time. Alrighty, and then our wings of angels. Everybody loves this one. This um, we know, we know, guys. We know Carmine, of course, is going to be uh, all of the wings of angels. But uh, yeah, let's. Uh, Let's check out some of the military stuff we got here. Yeah, so on the left there with Wings of Angels, I mean, if you've been a collector since 2019 of these cars, then you're going to have a really sharp collection. And we have that nice roof print on top just as an added feature. Um, but, you know, our artist in-house, I got to give credit to Steve Davis. He just really nails the look and feel and has an appreciation for everything World War II in history. Um, so love how these came out. And I hope the collectors will be very uh, proud to add these to their collection. And the fact that you continue to like do the top print as well, I, that that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, those are definitely some lookers in terms of cars. The the paint quality on those always is really in any of the ones I've seen. Um, the quality and that like the texture of the paint is so unlike anything else that you get to see. So those are some really neat cars. And then um, you got some. Uh, some very uh, traditional uh, reserve pieces as well with the uh, the Sherman tank there. At least, oh God, I hope it's a Sherman tank for for my sake with Johnny. Please, Johnny, if I got the tank wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, those are some seriously good looking cars. Yeah, we do have the Sherman tank there that we actually did do that tank. Um, probably, I think it was back in 2019 in an, another army set. Um, so this load has been used before and I was excited to bring it back. Um, the colors on this one will match the the last army set we did back in 2022 um, wanted to add some really simple pieces that people could add on to their set or with the separate sale locomotives that we're offering for 2024, whether it be, you know, the diesel loco or um, the steam loco. We wanted to make sure that people had some opportunities to pick up some pieces to complement those. Yeah, those are some really good looking pieces. And uh, it's great to see some just regular traditional rolling stock in the catalog, too. Yeah, absolutely. Had to hit a bunch of different road names, whether you model Western or Eastern. There's something for everyone on these two pages. Yeah, given our anthracite road friends a lot of love. I love that Susie Q car. That's such a cool road name. And then uh, the graffiti stuff, too keeping it uh, going because you guys did the set a few uh, years ago. So this is some add-on stuff for that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we just did the Dash 8 set that released um, a little bit earlier in the year. 
um, the graffiti is doing really well for us. So we want to make sure that people have the opportunity to continue to add on or throw these pieces on where they'd like to. And, you know, shout out again to our amazing artists on the creative team who always come up with some really fun and unique um, pieces of graffiti to add on there. Definitely. Then we got this interesting American history uh, section with Love and Seeing the East Broad Top Love right there. It's great getting their, uh, the word about them out. That's a great project. Uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit about the American history section here. What sure. So yeah, you mentioned East Broad Top, 150th anniversary. We're actually going to be updating some of the images and the logo on this car here shortly to enhance it. So it's, these are actually going to get even cooler. Um, and if you're a fan of, you know, narrow gauge railroads, then, you know, this one really sticks out to you because it's, it's such a treasured railroad. Um, additionally, we have the 75th birthday of the California Zephyr, so that as the original logo that you see on this on this train car, and we have the 250th anniversary of the first Continental Congress. Um, you know, this is all leading up to 2026 when we're going to celebrate America's 250th uh, birthday. So super exciting, and we just uh, love to add little details on the cars to help with the richness, richness of the history. Um, and I think this is a lot like the Wings of Angels and other series where just people who are um, history buffs are just going to want them. Definitely. That car looks like it would go great with the uh, presidential set as well. Like that'd be a cool add on if people want to add For some more sure, stuff. For sure. Very cool idea. And then the Halloween, uh, everyone's favorite. This stuff's this stuff has exploded in popularity recently. Um, oh my gosh! I mean, let's hear about some of the scale offerings. What do we got? Yeah, I'll I'll kick it back off. I mean, I got tired of letting Megan have all the fun on this, uh, but but <laughs> she still has to approve everything that I do uh, because she's she's the queen of of Halloween uh, at Lionel for sure. And um, so we did the we did the triplex, um, and of course the F nineteen. Uh, last year, that the last catalog, which was a huge success, uh, and people were clamoring for stuff to go behind it. So uh, we did the we did the wood uh, wood coaches uh, with the glow in the dark effect for the Erie Limited, um, and I think when you look on these, the the amount of detail that uh, the creative team packed into these is really cool. Um, there's there's so much filigree, but of course it's got like a spider web motif and everything. It has a, a great old uh, old school uh haunted you know look to it uh we're not going to put the figures in these cars we're going to it didn't seem right to have you know three-dimensional souls in our ghost train so uh you'll see silhouettes <laughs> of um of, of <laughs> departed guests in the in the windows which i think is just another nice touch um and then also of course the eerie caboose uh which will go great with the triplex or other things uh and this also has that great glow in the dark uh multicolor uh effect on there um, and it's a full vision featured caboose. So we figured with the added cost of the glow in the dark and the fact that you were probably going to pair it with a vision engine, you would want the vision caboose, right? So uh, we put all the features in there. Uh, Dr. Acula's blood tonic is a, an idea that I stole directly from Megan and one of her traditional cars a couple years ago uh, and just liked it and said, well, that's going to happen uh, here for the scale guys too, in the milk car. So really fun piece that you got the bats flying on the roof and whatnot. Uh, there's just so many little details in these cars that make them unique and fun. And I think that's part of their charm. I know Greg is really excited for the, uh, milk car. So if you're listening, Greg, yes, here he you is. go. It's such a great pun too. That's such a classic, um, 
thing. And the fact that y'all chose the Woodside cars and the new tooling to do the Halloween, I mean, that's brilliant. Gothic-looking cars like that. That paint scheme looks so good on those. That was a perfect choice for that. Yeah, they would also go great with the uh, the Camelback that we did a couple years ago, which was also really popular. Um, I think these would look really sharp behind that. And just the railroad puns too is fantastic. Transylvania, Erie, so I love it. <laughs> we got some traditional scale love as well. Yeah, um, you know we've we've done the ELX scheme um, in quite a few different road names or lines here, but we've added the the Twilight line on it to the passenger route basically. Um, I really had fun doing these. This will have like a really cool special finish almost to it. It'll be like a glossy black locomotive with the passenger cars. Um, the level of detail on here, it's kind of understated, which makes it like super classy. But I am having so much fun with playing with different lights and glow in the dark. And, and we try to make sure that anything that we do with these Halloween schemes will mix and match to other things that we've done in years prior. So whether it be, you know, all the, the orange is the same similar colors as what we've done on other ones, or the purple is the same purple that we've used, whether on accessories or different locomotives. Um, these ones are really cool this year, and I'm excited to have the Twilight route featured. Um, you know, what's special about the coaches for these is that they'll all have the, the cool purple light in them rather than the, the standard uh, warm white LEDs. Who do we know that likes purple? Think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, will the Twilight route have the same uh, wolf howl whistle as the Transylvania Railroad? We haven't chosen a sound set yet, but it's very likely that it will. Um, we put together a script with Tracy. Um, we try not to always use re-existing sounds, but... Um, if it's a fan favorite, we can certainly consider putting that one in there again. Very cool. Yeah, I, that seriously, I love that the sound in that engine. So if any of it overlaps, then I'm I'm gonna be in trouble. <laughs> Noted. And you get the wolf right on there too. Yes, it only makes sense for the paint scheme, right? Yeah, these are so cool. I've we, I mean, we know there's so many people who love this kind of stuff and do Halloween layouts, like entire Halloween villages. So, um, you know, the diversity uh, with the uh, the cars is so cool. The response that we've gotten to the Halloween line in the last few years has been so absolutely wonderful. We always say, like, you know, what better excuse to get your train layout out just a few months earlier? If you're, you know, planning on putting your Christmas layout out, why not just start a few months earlier and just do Halloween first and then you can transition over. Um, but thanks to all you guys and the love that it's receiving, we, I, I'm having an absolute blast doing them. That's great to hear. I'm glad people are giving you good feedback. And just to jump in for a moment on the, uh, so if you enjoyed the trippy trolley, for example, just to note here that this trolley will have a strobe flickering light effect. It'll have interior illumination, underside illumination. Um, it's really going to be like that fun sort of Halloween party uh, effect. Because um, we've done Halloween trolleys before, a bit darker. And this is a bit more playful, but still cohesive with the rest of the offering that Megan just described. Oh, that's going to be sweet. I got the trippy trolley. And I love that thing. If you guys ever did a Christmas trolley like that, that'd be awesome. 
That thing sold so well. That was a great piece. Yeah, keeping up with the glow in the dark theme had to have glow in the dark water tower with the fun, playful um, decoration on there with the jack o' lantern faces. Um, we're really having fun with the glow in the dark theme this year, but it just makes sense in the Halloween line to have all the things glow. And then I have to call out on this this page the Ichabod crane car. I don't know how we hadn't hit that pun yet, but <laughs> really good. I'm so glad that we're doing it because it looks so cool. Um, creative team had a really good um, time coming up with the different logos and the different things that we could add to this car. I am. I love that y'all did that. I'm so mad that you did because I wanted to do a Nickabod crane, like just as a scale piece with like a nameplate. This is. I love that y'all thought of that. It's so funny and also just a pretty car too that's a, such a cool piece with the, it's almost kind of beetlejuice-ish with the uh the stripes like that yeah it's super fun and um you know considering you know this is just an eight inch car it's still got so much detail on it and the striping it's it really going to come out really awesome you know you can pair a, a headless horse car with the ichabod crane car so oh my god i'm taking oh my gosh <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I like all this stuff. I like I like all the tongue in cheek kind of stuff. It's this, this is really cool. This is, hard this is the real reason we all do these. Is you guys are just giving us our ideas <laughs> for the next couple of years. It's a win-win. Oh man, that's hilarious! And the freight liner, and then the uh, the great painting on the side of that—that's very Ichabodish too, with the uh, the steam engine and the. Uh, Listen, this is this is the first time that Angela Trotta Thomas is getting in on the Halloween fun. I am so excited that she was able to do this really fun painting for us for the Halloween covered bridge. Um, you know, her and I were talking, and she's like so excited. She's like, "What can we do? What can we do different that we haven't done before?" She's like, let's get in on the Halloween action. And she did just such a great job painting this painting. And I am so excited to be bringing it out this year. Enjoying this week's topic? You can join in on the conversation too on our community Discord server. We have a lot of different discussion channels, ranging from showing off your collection, discussing the latest and greatest in the industry, a buy and sell forum, and even a voice channel you can hop on, call, and talk trains with us late into the night. We're a little over 300 strong, and we'll love to have you join us too. Check out the invite link to our community Discord down in the show notes, read and acknowledge the rules, and introduce yourself and start chatting. We have a great team of moderators who make sure all are welcomed and respected. So what are you waiting for? Come on down and join us in on the fun, and let's talk some trains. Those are really, really cool pieces. And then, uh, oh boy, we got our Christmas stuff. And, uh, I mean, come on. The the literal poster child on the front of the catalog, the polar. The moment we've all been waiting for. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, no secret. We were going to we were gonna go polar and we were going to go big. And I think we, we've done that in this catalog. Um, we've, we've probably had requests for polar... Let's see, we last ran about 2019, 2020. So starting about the end of 2020, 2021, we were getting requests for more Polar Burks again. Um, and so, we, of course, we've rerun the, the traditional black one, which I'm sure will be our bestseller. Uh, but we always like to do something special on the anniversaries. So uh, we've, we've done the, uh, I guess you would call it maroon or burgundy uh, that matches the stripe in the center of the cars. 
and uh, that'll be available separately, but also as part of the set. Uh, the set has the, the locomotive, uh, a really cool combine that sort of ties that locomotive back into the rest of the train. Then the 20th anniversary coach. Um, and then I think what a lot of people are really excited about is the newly tooled observation car. Uh, so if you're looking at the at the observation and the coach and the uh, locomotive, well, you might as well spring for the for the set. Uh, but other than the combine, those are all also all the same that are available separately. I know some people had asked, is the locomotive the same in the set as separate sale? And, and they are. Uh, we just wanted to give you some different optional options on that. And then, uh, of course, we're bringing back the a reissue of all of the, the traditional Polar Express 18 inch passenger cars. Uh, for those who haven't uh, started the collection yet or are new coming into it. Uh, and we've got the, uh, the the really cool 20th anniversary boxcar and sound boxcar um, in O-Gage, or O-Scale, as well as some the other gauges. Uh, and that just came out of our art team giving us two options and us not being able to decide which one we liked better. So we said, hmm, how can we do this? Well, it's polar, so we know we can probably sell them both. Let's make one conventional and one with sound, and that'll have the, the bell sound in there. Uh, so some really fun scale pieces, uh, you know, a recoming of the, uh, the well-loved uh, history there and then carried on right down through the line with uh, Megan and Corey's products. So there's probably a lot of questions from from the Discord, but I I have two questions on the on the scale based uh, mainly the 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 bark itself. Um, I wouldn't really call myself a connoisseur, but I I studied the movie quite a bit because I um, custom made my own kind of movie accurate per se Polar Express Burke uh, out of a scale one. I, I used an old MTH one since I did not want to. Um, destroy a, a perfectly good Lionel model uh, or really any good model. I, I don't want to use something that was kind of cherished by people. And so I, I know a lot of the so-called movie accurate things that people are looking for. And um, some people have asked me about the Lionel one. And I know there's probably agreements with licensing on the way the, the lettering can be and the color of it. Um, but has there ever been thought of not having the number on the cab and the number boards and just having it be blank. The tender could be still say, you know, Polar Express. Um, but has there ever been a thought to get rid of the numbering since in the movie it doesn't have the numbering? Um, it's certainly a, a thought and an idea. Uh, honestly, no one had ever brought that to me before. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a funny thing about the movie is that depending on what what uh what frame you're looking at yeah in the movie you see a lot of things that are are inconsistent from one point <laughs> yes. <to the next. laughs> yes um yes, so, yes. uh it's definitely something we could we would consider doing uh, there are obviously licensor things especially around the the lettering and the, the yeah. marks but they give us a pretty pretty good amount of leeway and if we can show to where we're being more faithful to the movie yeah then it's you know kind of hard for them to argue against it yeah, uh, but we, we definitely went through that when we switched over to, well, do we put snow on the roof of the cars or not? Right. Well, yeah, sometimes there's snow, sometimes there's not. Uh, yeah. And that's um, one of the reasons, too, that with the observation, we've we've gone back and offered that again in the original version. Yeah. For those who have the, the older train and can still upgrade mm -hmm. that observation car, because if there was a if there was a glaring sore spot in the scale scales trains, it was mm -hmm. definitely that. Yeah. Uh, observation. And 
that is really nice that you guys are um still keeping up with the original set where mm-hmm. you can allow people to upgrade mm-hmm. their car like that that's very um very good customer um attention and care in that respect and uh yes yeah, sid to your point people have definitely asked about i mean i think the biggest thing with those burks um i mean they're fantastic engines but uh the flying number boards yeah. like you said is one of that... the biggest uh requested things and it, it seems like it could be easily um done on, on one of the engines uh where i don't think that would affect the licensing at all but I could be wrong. So yeah. if that's ever possible down the road, that would be a very cool thing to yeah. see. Yeah. They uh when I did mine, I was um I got a lot of it's one of my more, I guess, known things I've done just beyond O Scale. I had a lot of people from HO talking with me about it and I I've seen some people who were inspired and did it in other scales. And so it, I can tell, yeah, as we all know, the Polar Express is a is a very uh, beloved uh movie and just uh in general but another question i have that i was i put lionel electronics into mine i'm a big lionel fan and i love the burke so i i put legacy into mine even though originally was not a lionel product uh but something i i was always told that was wrong which is i guess true is uh the whistle in mine is the same as the one that has been traditionally in the uh the 1225 it's that 1225 whistle but I guess in the movie they used uh, Sierra number three is what I've been told over and over again. Is there any, is there any chance that that would be recorded and put into the new model? Uh, if we can get a good recording, I'd be more than happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I think Sid specifically, um, it's not just, I mean, it is Sierra number three's whistle. Um, but if you do need a recording of it, I believe it is a Lima, specifically a Lima Shea five ah. chime is the exact was Cause I know people are, yeah, they, are very, they very much are, <laughs> yes, a, or even just a regular Lima five chime. Um, but that is the specific whistle. I know there's recordings of it out there somewhere. So, um, yeah, people would definitely. That's like the number. It, Sid, I mean, you've seen your comments. Actually, that, that is that's the, the number, number one, one comment. Right? Everyone's like, it looks fan. Like they been talking about mine. I recessed the headlight, and I have the pilot and the no number boards and the letterings. Just, just only on the tender. And everyone's like, it looks fantastic. But where's the whistle? And I, would, I did, that was just a comment I kept getting over and over again. And I can, I would imagine that if that was in this new run. Uh, people would be uh, very happy and it would probably make the model even more uh, um, valuable and cherished by people who own it. Um, but in general, it's very cool to see all the products and that it's evolving with the custom runs and the, the new observation car. Um, it's very cool to see all of this. Might be a good thing for like a future run outside of the, uh, the anniversary. Cause obviously the anniversary stuff, you want to focus yeah. on that, like to do like one specific run of just like a really movie accurate engine would be really cool to see with like nothing else, just the yeah. one engine. But, uh, yeah, those, and those colored ones too, with the, uh, the blue and the maroon, I've, I've seen several people talking where they, they're ordering both. Like that's such a cool idea to do the two different color schemes. I would have never thought to do that. I, the, yeah, uh, I love those. The, like, they're cool. Yeah, the, the the plasma finish on the um, the blue one is really going to be special. It, it sort of color shifts between the two colors as depending on the angle that you look at. There's there's no great way to illustrate that, but um, if anyone has seen pictures of the locomotive of the year of the Dreyfus that we did last year, the colors are different, but the effect is very much the same. So you have that really beautiful shine, and then it it sort of changes color as you as you move it about, um, and the colors in this case will just be a much closer hue to the um the lighter blue and um 
uh, burgundy of the polar. Uh, but really going to be a beautiful uh, piece. Is there going to be like a video of that by chance, like when it comes out? Or the, yeah, the I'm sure once, asking, we, once uh, we have it on a full locomotive to do it some justice, we'll definitely be taking pictures and video. Hello, everyone. I wanted to take this time to announce the winner of the Miniature Models Podcast Discord Server Holiday Photo Contest. The photo contest winner is the Magical Christmas Train. I guess that name uh, is quite fitting here. Uh, we did love all of the submissions this year, and it was a difficult choice in the end to pick a winner. Uh, I will be in touch with the Magical Christmas Train via direct message in Discord. And I will ship out your box of uh, O-Scale goodies over the next few weeks. Uh, but stay tuned, folks, for more contests in the future. And uh, now back to the catalog show. I got a couple general ones here. Uh, not anything really specific, but um, uh, the one question is asking, uh, why have you guys uh, done away with the volume control on legacy engines? You still have volume control um, in the through the cab two, uh, and through the the uh, the system. You can still go in there on your cab and adjust the volume control um, that way. I, I think I was asking uh, uh, getting rid of the vo the physical volume pot. Yeah, the volume pot uh, again, just because we had the functionality in the boards, uh, and there were some other electronics changes, and, and engineering saw an opportunity there to. It made by getting rid of that. It made some other changes much easier uh, that, that allowed for better functionality, and that's that's the way we went with it. Because we knew you didn't really lose the ability overall. You could still turn on your cab too, or for that matter, open up the on the Bluetooth now. Open up the Line Chief app, even if you don't if you don't have Legacy. Uh, just download that app for free. Go in there, adjust the volumes on your phone, and then it saves those settings when you go back to normal operation. As a, gotcha, cool. as as a bit of a tech person. The uh, having a volume pot is handy. However, it can also cause not that this would be a frequent thing, but you know, there's a, there can be interference that is caused by volume pots. If you have any older products, you will know it. Like if you touch, if you put your hand near a, a volume pot on like an older model, it'll kind of make some static. And you know, th it's a metal shell with with like metal wheels and everything, and you, you have all this metal around a a Thing that can have interference you know you could have some issues with audio so as a as a from a technical standpoint i don't really see it as like an issue removing it um i know why people might like it it's a convenience thing but i've seen that question as well matt quite a bit but it's i think it's more of a it's not truly needed from a from a um usability standpoint and in the technical side of things it's it's kind of improving things Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It was just a question on the Discord, so I figured I'd ask it. And then uh, one more I have is, uh, uh, could you talk about the process um, for selecting colors on the production runs? And uh, what methods would you guys uh, use to ensure that the color matches what is shown in the artwork for the renders? Yeah. Do, do we have another three hours? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a, a show that's a show by itself, right? Yeah, yeah. Brunswick um, Green? What? Runs are green. It's it's a a varied uh, process, and it, it doesn't really even end when the catalog comes out. Uh, we're still going back and forth on some colors right now. Um, what you see in the catalog, 
varies for a lot of reasons from what you're going to see in production, even even on the colors that people would say we got right. Um, and that's because colors appear different when they're on a printed page versus a digital catalog versus a plastic or metal three-dimensional model. Um, paint and ink and, and uh, pixels are all, all very different. Um, so in some cases, uh, for example, on... Uh, steam locomotives we will typically lighten up certain areas or certain colors dark colors blacks um, to help bring out details because if you show it all in a true matte black it just looks like a giant black blob on the uh, printed page right uh, our our dgle brunswick green is a, another good example there where we will, we will always show it in the catalog a little lighter then uh, we hope to get it on the final model. Now, that obviously is a color that had shifted over the past few years to something that was too green. Um, and through the help of some, um, some customers and friends uh, reaching out and saying, hey, we've got some ideas here on how to bring this back in, uh, we dialed it back. And if, if you saw the last run of I-1s, I think you would see that you know, there was definitely some improvement there over the L-1s that had come out just before it, uh, going from uh, something that was way too green to something that now better resembles a Pensy steam locomotive, uh, at least one that's not covered in soot. Um, so we do try <laughs> and, and do that. It's, it's never a perfect process. Uh, we have color standards uh, that we use and that our, our factories use, and we have matching uh, chips. Mostly it's through the Pantone color matching system. Sometimes it's older colors. There are colors that Pantone simply does not have. Um, Santa Fe red is a good example. Uh, Southern Pacific Daylight Orange is another good example where uh, we've gone to other sources to get the paint right, and we use a special paint code for that. For our polar products, since that's where we sort of brought this up, um, we have standardized, because we've made polar things for 20 years now in uh, probably at least a, a half a dozen, if not more, different factories. So we've we, about a year ago, two years ago, after some things started getting too light again there, uh, we went through and corrected that and came up with standard color chips for the proper polar colors that have been sent to the factory so that things should be consistent now going forward uh, for the foreseeable future. So uh, we do take steps. We take uh, all all suggestions and input is welcome when it comes to color matching. There's uh, There's a ton of science that goes into it. And then at the other hand, some of it's just what looks right and what feels right um, because what you remember or even what you see in pictures can be very, very deceptive. Um, so when we can work with the actual railroads, uh, when we can work with historical societies, or can we, when we can work with anybody who can give us an actual physical sample that we can compare against and, and use, that's always our best uh, bet. So for anyone out there who has color suggestions, we're open to, to hearing them. Uh, for anyone out there who has color suggestions and can back them up with some hard evidence you can share, we're really interested in hearing from you um, because that will help us make it better. We're always, whether it's traditional or scale, vision line or uh, lion chief, anytime we can improve on something, we want to do it. So, uh, and color is one of those, those big areas. Gotcha. I really appreciate the answer. Thank you very much. That's a fantastic answer. And yeah, people like, like Brian said, if, uh, you know, it's all about teamwork here. I mean, every, you know, not everybody can have all the info, right? I mean, you know, it takes a village. So, I mean, 
That's a I think you mentioned it earlier when I was talking about whistles, but what's the best way like publicly for people to provide feedback other than being in person with you guys at a show or something like that? Cause it's easy for someone to just go on to social media and just complain, but it's unlikely or, or just provide their feedback, which could be very beneficial, but you know, you know, I can't imagine everyone at Lionel is always looking at every single social media feed and channel. So what's probably the most, uh, kind of the best way for people to provide their feedback. The constructive, yes, constructive, feedback. Con- constructive feedback, criticisms, complaints, whatever you want to send, uh, chocolate, chocolate's always welcome. Um, <laughs> you can, the best way to reach us is through talk to us at lionel.com or 1-800-4-LIONEL. If it's uh, product suggestions and things like that that are going to be shared uh, through the, the other people, you know, up the line to other people in the company, the email is the best way to do it. Talk mm-hmm. to us at lionel.com. That sends it in through our call center uh, and our customer service team. And they will forward it on to whoever needs to get it. And trust me, uh, Megan, Corey, and I get those suggestions and things passed to us daily. And we'll respond. Uh, either back through the customer service channel or, or directly, depending on the nature of things. Uh, and yes, the more the more meat you can put behind the suggestion um, to, to help us guide us to, towards a better answer, not the paint's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't help me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the paint, is, the paint yeah. is too light. Helps me a little bit more. Yeah. You should use, you know, the original was this DuPont color. All right. I probably may or may not be able to get the DuPont color codes, but now I have something to at least start looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did it right on this product number 20 years ago. And here's the product number. Well, okay. Again, I might not have that in front of me, but you're giving me something I can go to as a reference or go and look for in an art file and see what we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the more specific you can give us to help, the quicker and better we can get to an, an answer on those things and, and to making changes. Uh, we're always welcome to hear that with whistles and sounds. Uh, yes, there's a ton of stuff on YouTube um, and we can go and we can listen to that and we can try and get something that sounds close. Mm-hmm. But the way that, especially with a legacy uh, recording, yeah, we have to record that a little bit differently because you have the quilling effect. So we record a whistle at three different pitches for a few seconds. Um, so it, it takes a while when we go to a railroad and say, okay, we want to record the whistle. They go, oh yeah, we can play it and do what we don't want that. Uh, I want eight seconds at your, at the lowest tone you can get me and eight seconds at sort of a mid tone, you know, and once they realize what we're doing with it, then we, we can get that and then we can blend it and loop it and make that work for you yeah. uh, back there. Um, and like, cause the idea is for you to be able to, to play the whistle, not have a recording of a great, uh, uh, whistle re- uh, play session um, so yeah sound sources that we can go to are great live sources or new recordings that we can get are really the the creme de la creme there so that we can not just get the right sound but interpret that sound into the model uh, yeah. and we'll also then can play too with the speakers too because you're using small speakers uh, they tend to struggle more on the lower tones versus higher tones we're getting way into much too much detail for a catalog show here but <laughs> um, there's there's a lot that we have to go that goes into then making what is right actually sound right yeah 
same thing even in paint colors. Sometimes what is right when you put it on a model looks horrible because it looks <laughs> too dark or it looks too bright because you're not you're not seeing it in scale. Yeah. Definitely. So it's and there's there's always a little bit of subjectiveness to it. Uh, one person's Erie Lackawanna maroon that's that's too bright is the other person's spot on. You you never know what you're gonna gonna get. You'll never please everybody, but we mm-hmm. want to get as close as we can, and we want to we want to be accurate and please as many people as we can. Yeah, I just uh, I just didn't. I I don't think people understand that they they can provide feedback. So I think oh, if uh, some of us here spread the the word that like you can straight up give them direct feedback, um, I think that'll help not only the products in general, but you guys. So you don't have to be may worried when a product comes out, you'll maybe feel more reassurance and also, you know, improve products and then you'll probably sell more because people will be happy with the product. So I just wanted to ask about where people could send their feedback so that they know there is actually a place and it's not just like, Oh, Lionel doesn't want to listen. No, you guys definitely do want to listen. It's just, I don't think people have known that they can provide the feedback. Yeah, no, absolutely. Please, please do send feedback. We like hearing the feedback, good and bad, because it, it all helps us, you know, make the product better and or sleep better at night. Uh, but reach out to us directly through those channels, uh, and we are much more likely to hear it than if you're posting it on Facebook or posting it on a, a train forum or sending it to my LinkedIn page, um, which happens. <laughs> um, I don't read customer comments on my, my LinkedIn profile. So save your time, send it through Lionel.com. And that's where it's most likely to get to be in an expedient manner. And remember people be civil. These are human beings that make these things, not a nameless faceless corporation. These are, these are human beings that, that, (laughs) uh, you know, work really hard to design these very complex models. Um, so it's, it's good to, uh, you know, be able to talk with you guys about this kind of stuff. We appreciate you sharing these, uh, you know, these things about how this whole industry works. All right. Back to the catalog. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Yes. Absolutely. So we got some, yeah, some fantastic uh, traditional scale polar stuff. I have some questions on this. Yes. Oh, yes. Peachy, um, what you got for us? So my first question the so we're on the we're on the page right now with the Lion Chief 2.0. Um, hold on. Yes, uh, because I I run the Lion Chief uh, 2.0, so it's relevant to me. But does the 20th anniversary tender, um, the 2.0 one, illuminate like the Lion Chief one does? It does not. That feature is only um, shown within the um, set, uh, the the Lion Chief set. Gotcha. And then the other question that I have um, is on the previous page that has the uh, the set with the passenger cars. Um, that has the shimmer on it. Do the other coaches also have the shimmer like the set, or is that only in the set? They do not. The separate cell pieces, we wanted to make sure that whatever level of Polar Express that you're collecting, so if you have an existing set and you want to be able to just add a 20th anniversary piece in it, that flows really nicely. So those pieces there will not have the the shimmer glitter on the um, burgundy striping. Okay, gotcha. 
Um, random question, and this may be a kind of a dumb question, but um, is it possible to basically like switch a tender and will it still connect and run and everything? Like if I wanted to do that or do the, does the engine and the tender have to go together? I don't believe you're able to mix the LC tender with the LC2 tender. Okay. Um, but I can get with Dave and engineering just to double check for you to make sure whether or not it's safe. Awesome. Yeah, there's, there's actually a, a different drawbar. Oh, so the, good, good the LC2 will have an eight pin drawbar. Gotcha. And the LC will have a four pin drawbar. So they, they physically will not connect. connect. Gotcha. And ju just a note on these add-on passenger coaches while we have them still up. Um, on the black roof version, uh, the art will be corrected for that. Um, when we did the black roof versions, um, and it's been quite some time now, the Polar Express lettering was actually above the windows on those versions. Um, so in keeping with making sure that people that are collecting or can want to add on with their existing black roof um, coaches, we will move that Polar Express lettering up above the windows for consistency. Alrighty, well, that's a good overview of the Polar stuff. And again, I love the Doodle Bug, love the Genesis, love the um, love the speeder with the snowplow. That is so fun. That is so evocative of uh, classic Lionel stuff. Yes, having a bit of fun there. And then the uh, the hand cars too. What a neat uh, take on the um, the kind of the Mickey and Minnie thing that was released. You got the uh, the clockwork um, hand cars. Being yeah, released. absolutely. Keeping in line with uh, celebration of anniversaries, um, you know, the Polar Express, another extremely special license and um, relationship we have with that the WB team. What better way to honor their anniversary than to come out with um, two uh, special, well, two hand cars here, one with a gold sort of special finish, gold edition, and another in that classic polar burgundy color. It's going to have all new tooled figures. Um, it's going to come with the track offering that you would have um, known if you had seen the B100 hand car. And it's also going to come with a key that is in the shape of the polar bell um, with a logo on each side. So a lot of a lot of fun if you're familiar with how the product worked um, this past year. And then below that, well, again, just reoffering the ice track. It was such a huge hit. Um, if you're a fan of the movie and you love the idea of recreating that scene, we will be offering that track again. That was a really cool, uh, really cool idea on that. I love the creativity with the polar stuff. It's such a there's so much in the movie. You can just take ideas off of it. It's such a great thing. I had a quick question about the uh, speeder with the plow. Um, I think I might get the Polar Express version here, but I was wondering if there's, if you might in the future be doing doing some regular road names with the plow as well. Yeah. So given that we do have this tooling available, it totally makes sense to bring this um, to other speeders where you know it, it seems right. Um, so yeah, keep, just keep looking for future um, you know catalog releases where we may do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was thinking like a Canadian Pacific or something would be really cool in that. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm with you. I love that idea. I would love to get one of those in a, in a, uh, a standard road name. That's such a cool piece. And then, yeah, offering um, Billy's house, too. That's going to be a great compliment to the, uh, the Hero Boy house. Yeah, inspired by the one in the movie. Um, not an exact replica, but close. And then 
the opportunity to do new figures is always fun for us. So had to do the new uh, Billy figure with him holding the package up above his head that you can place on the front porch. That's so cool. Love that. And uh, good to see Flyer getting some love too. And then we've got the, uh, yeah, that stuff looks great. And then the, uh, oh my gosh, the Christmas Hiawatha. All the great Christmas sets. Got some great stuff this year. That that is that is probably the most incredible Christmas steam engine I've ever seen. That is just awesome. I mean, that paint scheme fits the style of that engine like so well. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be hard to top the um, Silver Bells Express that we had done uh, a couple what, a year ago now, uh, last year. But uh, we've had a lot of great comments on this one, uh, both the locomotive and the matching cars. So uh, I think it's going to be a real big hit. Uh, there is a little bit of a difference there. It's hard to see again in the catalog, but the, they do have sort of a white top. Uh, and then the locomotive sides are a, a light gray, which bounces off nicely off the, the silver on the wings of, of the locomotive there in the nose. Uh, really fun one. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing these in person. And then the milk train, uh, you know, we've done milk train sets in, for New York Central in the past. So why not North Pole Central? Uh, and this is a fun little set with the 460, the, the milk cars, the uh, the combine, uh, I really like the way the paint scheme turned out on that combine. So that may have to be another run of uh, a full run of passenger cars down the road as well, uh, along with some great add-on uh, freight cars to go with these all these great Christmas locomotives we've put out over the last few years. Had a um, uh, not not really a question per se, but a, a suggestion that a, a friend of a friend told me. Uh, if you want to go back to the uh, Hiawatha real quick, John. There you go. Um, is to uh, obviously it's probably too late for this run, but uh, maybe in a future run make an engine with uh, Rudolph and have a uh, red light for the headlight. Uh, definitely a possibility. There's actually a license for Rudolph, um, so that's really? one of the things we have to work around. Yeah, no kid. Interesting. I did not know that. That's interesting. See, there's the there's the remember we were thinking about it with the trolley for the uh, Mister Rogers. Right. Maybe there's there. That's interesting. No kid. Oh, that's fantastic the more I, you know hopefully i don't sound like i'm gushing to, oh i'm sorry matt I, I no no no, no no i just said the more you know that was it right i hope i don't sound like i'm gushing but those two sets the milk train and the hiawatha my personal opinion two best scale christmas sets you've ever offered in terms of looks the fact that they're a little bit pulled back and mm-hmm. reserved i mean as reserved as christmas stuff can be those are yeah and i don't even do christmas stuff those are the two best scale sets you've ever offered for christmas stuff even better than the sleigh bell and it's great seeing the sleigh bell here uh in traditional scale for people who loved uh might have really liked that set but didn't uh, get a chance to own the scale one a great idea doing the traditional scale one now. yeah if ryan's gonna steal halloween things from me i'm gonna steal christmas stuff from him <laughs> <laughs> hey rightly so all is fair Absolutely. right the um the scale sleigh bell i said in our last show that that set was my favorite set of the year last year beautiful beautiful train fantastic job a plus all around yeah it is it is by far one of the most absolutely beautiful and stunning christmas locomotive schemes that we've done all right you got some other great offerings here too for all the different um uh sets here really leaning into the 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 very prominent white and red this time around yeah i wanted to make sure that again anything that we do will seamlessly go back with other things that we've done previously 
Um, Winter Wonderland has been a huge hit for us. Um, taking um, a fun new road name for us, doing Peppermint Railroad with the PRR there uh, on the LC2 Park. Um, the you know carry on on the Sleigh Bell Limited scheme that we were just absolutely in love with, and um, bringing back the Snowflake Limited on the ET44. Um, all these colors match seamlessly. Uh, they'll go really well with the Christmas passenger cars. They'll go well with items that we've done in previous year runs. Um, we definitely wanted to make sure that anything that we did um, fit together nicely. And it looks like it really does. I do have a, I, I remember just from my own head, Madsy, I don't know if you had this question on your um, thing. Any chance of more runs of the Fezziwig stuff? Because that seemed to really resonate with uh, some of your like turn of the century collectors. That was really a huge sleeper hit. Um, I can let Ryan speak to it a little bit, but I, I would definitely like to continue to do some Fezziwig stuff. Our creative team had a really fun time coming up with all the little pieces for that. Um, you know, all the nods back that, that they were able to pack into it. Yeah. Megan hit the nail on the head. It was a sleeper. Um, and it was one of those, didn't get a whole lot of love in the catalog, had enough orders to go ahead and, and give it a shot and make it. And then once it came out uh, and people saw it, it just, they went nuts. Um, so oh, yeah. definitely, uh, something that we will probably do more things with again down the road. Um, but it sort of truck took us by surprise because of how quickly it went around. So Sometimes when things like that happen, it takes you another catalog cycle to catch back up again. I love, I love it when things hear. take you by surprise like that, though. It's so like I remember going over to Legacy and like I was going over to pick up my the uh, the camel. I think it was the Camelback. Was that the Fezzy mm-hmm. wing? Was it the Camelback? Yeah. And I went over to pick up the one that I had ordered, and they had the Fezzy guy on display, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like. Why didn't I order one of these? This looks incredible. <laughs> like, and I love it when that happens. When you just—it's one of those sleepers where you just say, "Wow, where? Why did I not get this?" Yeah, yeah. It it always delights us when things do better than expected too, because you know you have you have your hits, you have your misses, but uh, sometimes you don't know you have a hit until uh, it, it actually hits the the market. So, um, definitely glad to see that one took off, and it gives us lots of cool ideas for. Not just more rolling stock and things, but I'm sure accessories and uh, other options as well. It's just that old thing of you never, you never know until you see it in person. You know, it doesn't. You know, you can see a catalog image, but until you see it in person, you just don't know. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's great to hear that. That was uh, such a great thing for you guys too at uh, Lionel. That was a, a a good sleeper hit and. Um, yeah, great looking Christmas cars for this year. All the uh, the Angela, the uh, Thomas Kincaid stuff. Um, I, I saw you guys promoting that pretty heavily on uh, on social media and stuff. That's a really cool, uh, really cool piece featuring one of your train sets on there. Yeah, and for collectors who have uh, actually purchased any of our previous Kincaid cars, this will pair very nicely. Um, and Megan also created this really beautiful covered bridge. I'll let her speak to. Yeah, it was really cool for, for Thomas Kincaid Studios to to take our existing Christmas Light Express set and Thomas Kincaid it up. Um, the, the painting that they did came out beautifully. Uh, the covered bridge, obviously, is a great canvas to really blow up that that photo there of, of the painting. And then, of course, having that really nice uh, LED lighting around the, the roof of the covered bridge. I think both both the boxcar, the the covered bridge. I think they just 
came out so nicely. Um, you know, in a, in a different sort of color scheme with the, with the deep blues and the, the, the light blues on there. But again, highlighting that Christmas Light Express set that's now become super popular year over year. Yeah, this is just all around an amazing catalog. You guys have outdone yourselves this time. I know we probably say it every time, but man, this is a really good catalog. <laughs> all right. Was there anything else you guys really wanted to touch on that we missed or um, just anything else before we uh, kind of start wrapping things up here? I just have one um, kind of self-serving question. Uh, so Hit I kind of mentioned earlier, the Lion Chief Plus 2.0 is kind of my niche of what I do. Is there um, plans to expand and offer kind of more in that genre a little bit more, um, just kind of coming in the future? That definitely is my favorite uh, right now. We definitely kicked it up on the Lion Chief this year. Um, typically on our catalog cycles, we try to offer at least one LC2 locomotive and steam and diesel. And then we've, you know, had the added bonus this year of being able to do like the doodle bugs and the, the different um, pieces there in the motorized world, world that kind of share back and forth. Um, but it's a line that's ever growing and, and, and I don't expect it to go away anytime soon. Awesome. Yeah, it's a really good line. It's a great blending of the high end. It's kind of like a, a, a budget line master where you get those really high end sounds in the uh, traditional scale model. So that's a really good, uh, really good line to continue. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, definitely. All right. Anything else anybody had before we close up shop here? Uh, probably worth mentioning real quick in the, the few accessories in the back there, we are rehitting the 153 IR uh, to make that plug expand play compatible. Uh, now that we've had the, the PEP uh, accessories for a number of years, it's nice to be able to activate them easily with uh, without having to strip and solder any wires, but we are going to continue to support the original 153 IR as well. So uh, for those who like to hardwire their accessories, those will still stay in the line. Um, and then uh, we've got a new vendor doing our streetlights. Uh, and so a lot of great varieties there. These are all new, all new tooling here. The last uh, page of new things in the catalog. So uh, Megan's done a great job of working with them on uh, getting designs and, and getting these all, all working. So I think you'll all be really happy to see how these look when they actually show up in stores. They're uh, a nice step up over some of the older, uh, should we say rehashed tin plate designs that have been in our, our catalog for a hundred years. I think people will enjoy seeing these as something new uh, and really farewell for the scale sized uh, modeler as well. Yeah, and as we get samples of these pieces, these um, we'll try to highlight them, whether they be on video or demos with Dave or, you know, some Facebook lives or even events. Um, we'll be sure to show those off so everyone can see how great they are and how easy they are to install on the layout. Yeah, these are really nice. I saw in the back, I'm like, man, these are cool looking. Yeah, it was. It's great having just. The it was about time to get some more um, lights into the line here. We've had the, like Ryan said, we've had the same um, street poles or street lamps for for quite some time. Just to add some variety of those and give people an opportunity to put something different on their layout was really exciting. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought these up, uh, Ryan. I'm I'm so excited just to see some just having some different stuff is so mm-hmm. cool just to be able to you know have that variety offering. And uh, now these are going to be really really cool looking. I can't wait yeah. to see them. Well, after 180 pages of awesomeness, you know, it's we we end with 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 more goodness, but it's easy to be you know running out of breath by this part of the catalog and want to make sure that, <laughs> that these get get their uh, their 15 minutes of fame also. Um, there, I know it may have come up in some of your groups. It certainly has been a question we've, we've heard, and that's what's going on with all this, these other pages at the back of the catalog. And, uh, what that really is, is the parts of the catalog. We just haven't been printing and, and combining for the last few years. We've sort of winnowed out some of the active items and track, uh, and power sections, for example, um, items that we still had a little bit of inventory left in or in stock in, in the warehouse, a lot of that had come out of the catalog to save save space, and uh, whether you're trying to download the thing digitally, sometimes it's enough to crash your computer, uh, or certainly when you when you pick this thing up in its print form, it's it's a hefty phone book of a catalog. Uh, but we wanted to put those back in this time just to to give some love to that because they had had been out for a while. Uh, the items you see in here, some of them are active items, so it shouldn't be any surprise that we still have them available. Uh, we, we plan to have them available. Uh, there are also a number of things that um, might be in pretty limited supply, but we still have uh, a decent enough quantity in our warehouse that we wanted to remind people it was out there uh, to go see it, see your dealers if you missed it, because there's a good chance they have some of this in stock. Uh, and if not, we may have uh, one or two left here in, in Lionel. But it's not a, uh, a, not a, so- a sign in any way that we haven't sold a lot of trains over the last few years. Uh, just that uh, there's still some stuff in that warehouse available. And if you missed it in one of the previous catalogs, hey, it's still here. That's good to know. Yeah, the people were uh, definitely asking about that. So it's good to see that uh, that the stuff is uh, is doing so well. I um, I don't want to go on for too long, but th- this is something I just I noticed. And I was like, huh, there's the 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 base three and the, the cab three section. I know that's a long awaited product that is still in development and hopefully will come soon. But I noticed there's like, there's, there, there's a product number for it, but there's, there's no price on e- on any of the products on this page. And is that because um, there's a, there's a halt on orders or is that just a printing thing or, or what's the story there? Uh, nope. That's just a printing thing. Uh, we're still taking orders. In fact, um, as Dave mentioned on our, our live broadcast um, last week, uh, we're still in the middle of ETL testing with that right now, uh, but gearing up and getting ready to start production. We just increased our uh, our order uh, with the factories, uh, to be honest with you, to, and order ordering some more parts based upon approval, um, because the original order that we had placed was all but sold out uh, on arrival. So uh, we're still wow. taking orders on that uh, and put ourselves in a position to be able to continue to take orders. And our hope is that you will see it um, probably early summer, uh, just based off of where we are in the approval process. And then we have uh, the Chinese New Year, which will slow down the production a little bit. Um, But we're hoping that when they come back from that, we'll have approvals and can get right on rolling with uh, getting these things built and on their way to you. Um, Also worth noting, the website that will go along with this. Uh, is also up, and you'll be able to, to click on that, uh, although it'll be getting more filled in as we get closer to the, uh, to the release date. So definitely some, uh, some opportunities there to continue to, to grow this and learn about it uh, in the background. Um, if you are 
heading to any of the uh, to the shows we'll be visiting over the next couple of uh, months. We'll be having a base three at, at these shows, uh, certainly at the Big E Springfield show uh, this month. And then uh, probably the next show will be at uh, Denver uh, for the Rocky Mountain Division show out there. Uh, so if you're heading to any of those places, come on by and we'll be happy to demonstrate base three and cab three and everything that it does. Um, and then these will be delivering later this year. But things are going along well. Um, testing took a little while, um, but uh, we're getting through it and things are looking good. There's a, an awful lot going on inside of this thing. Uh, so there's several different tests that we have to go through to make sure that everything is is uh, as it should be. Very cool. I think everybody's really excited about that, uh, about it coming out. And every time someone asks me about it, they're like, oh, it got delayed. You know, it got delayed again or whatever. And I'm like, so? I'm like, I'd rather it be delayed and be done done well than, than be rushed. So, uh I don't care, you know, take as long as it takes to get it right and, and then make it work right. And I, I think everybody will be like, okay with it. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely get that. I mean, that's such an important thing. I mean, that's running the whole layout. You got to make sure you get the uh, R&D done on that, right? And it's good to see you guys are doing that, putting her through her paces. All right. Was that going to, are we finished up here with the catalog? Is that, I think that's everything, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. All right. Man, we got through it all. That was a great catalog. That really is a good catalog. Holy moly. Yep. All right. Well, let's, um, if everyone's asked all their questions and has, uh, gone over everything they want to go over, let's, uh, let's turn the key and put her to bed. All right, so time for the social media shout. Uh, let's see here. Let's start with the uh, the Lionel folks here. Where can uh, where can everybody find you all online? Uh, visit us at lionel.com for all the latest news. Uh, you can also follow us on our various social media pages on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, or X, I guess it is now, uh, and uh, Instagram, and we are... What's that other one? Uh, TikTok. We are TikToking as well. Um, so you can follow us on any of those channels. Uh, again, for communications and for the, the latest things, please reach out to us at talk to us at lionel.com if you have any comments you'd like to send in. Uh, for any other issues you may be having, whether it's service uh, or other questions, you can also call us at 1 800 4 Lionel and we'll be happy to work with you there. We've got a, a great team ready to assist any way we can. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show with us. It really means the world to us that you take time out of your uh, schedules to talk with us about these products and uh, answer our questions uh, as the rabid fan base that we are. Um, it really means a lot to us. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you. Uh, with, without you guys, there is no us. So uh, we appreciate you. And it's, it's always great to get good feedback, uh, some new product ideas, um, and, uh, and, and exchange some dialogue and, and help uh, get, get the information out there. Uh, there's so much in the catalog, but it's easy to overlook some things and, and miss things. So I think we all learn a little something every time we go through this. Yes, indeed. Well, again, we really appreciate it. Um, Eric, where can folks find you, good sir? Uh, you can just Google Eric's Trains and find me. I'm on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, you can fax me at Eric's Trains. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Peachy, where can folks find you? Uh, yes. So I am Peachy's Trains. I have YouTube, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. So Peachy's Trains on any of those platforms, and you will be able to find me. That is fantastic. Thank you both for being with us, uh, looking over this catalog too. I know that was a we went through a lot of stuff, but it was uh, it's so great having you both here. You both represent such uh, fantastic out, you know, insight into the hobby, different aspects. So it's so great having you guys with us. We're, we really appreciate. Yeah, thanks it. for uh, having us on. It's always a great time coming on the podcast. So uh, thanks for inviting me, and I really enjoy hanging out with y'all and talking about trains. Yep, same here. Always have fun and uh, look forward to doing it again when uh, when the uh, Volume 2 comes out. Yes, indeed. I'm already excited for that, too. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, our wonderful guest host, Sid of Sid's Trains. Where can people find you, my good sir? You can find me on YouTube. Uh, Sid's Trains is my YouTube channel. You can also find me on Instagram uh, under uh, Sydney's Trains. And then I'm also on the Miniature Models Podcast Discord and various other um fairly well-known uh, discord server so you can find me on there under uh, sid's trains as well um, those are the places you can find me all right fantastic and uh matt r where can folks find you good sir well you can find me on youtube at wc monterey road um on facebook as wc monterey road and guess what i'm on instagram it's wc monterey road Excellent. And Matt Z, where can folks find you, sir? Uh, you can find me on YouTube under Matt-Trainlover9943, uh, Facebook under the same name, Instagram, Matt's.Hobbies, and like I said, sit on the uh, Miniature Models Discord server and a couple others as well. And Ryan, Eric, Megan, Corey, Matt, John, all y'all, thanks for the great episode. A lot of fun as always. Definitely. That was a real good one. Uh, you can find our wonderful host who is absent tonight, but still in our hearts, Johnny. You can find him at Audemus Trains. That is A-U-D-A-M-U-S Trains on Instagram, YouTube, and in our wonderful Miniature Models podcast Discord. And you can find me, John, at RetroMikado on YouTube, RetroMikado96 on Instagram, and in our Discord as well. We're always having a good time hanging out in there, answering questions, and just shooting the breeze about our favorite topic. Oh, man, what, what was what, what was our, what was the thing we like? Trains, that's no, it. No, Trains. no, 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 <laughs> Matt, Matt, John, it's, it's music, come on. Oh, oh that's, I, just, oh, I always mess it up, every freaking show. God. <laughs> but guys, thank you all so much for being here. It was a wonderful uh, show discussion, and uh, like I said, I mean, what can, what can we say? It's going to be a great catalog. Can't wait to see what comes out. Yes, sir. Thanks, everybody. Thank you all. Have a great night. Thank you. Take care. Thanks so much, guys. Y'all have a great one. Take care. Thank you.